Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Let me ask you a question real quick. Do you ever want to live in a fantasy world where the most handsomest guy always ends up with a girl and he may at time travel the bend a secret prince but no one in the story ever asks any questions. You can live on Park Ave with a salary from Mickey D's or walk from Denver all the way to New Orleans. But me, I prefer all the reality and the truth bombs drop from the crew at RTP. you, you got what we I'm gonna tune in every week, ay, ay. Laters, baby. But not too much laters. Cause you got what I need. Thank you for tuning into Romancing the Pod. You had us at hello. I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Mikey Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser. And this week, Mikey made us watch The, <laughs> the Adjustment, Adjustment Bureau. Bureau. Okay. Are you ready for me to lay out why I picked the movie and why I like it? I picked it. I think the, the romantic story really collapses fairly quickly in this movie oh a lot of things collapse very quickly in this movie (laughs) but it does show like what non-free will angelic intervention looks like (laughs) and i feel like there's a very much of a lack of that in (laughs) film i guess so we've had angels and we've had free will but like this is like they're like hey you're fucking up we're gonna change your mind kind of free will like lack of free will kind of angels and um that's pretty creative i i i like it because it's uh very low stakes Low stakes. He's gonna be the president, and she's gonna it's be the, the best dancer in the world. Stakes. Or they're both gonna get married and be happy. What's gonna happen? Highest possible stakes. They're not saying if he doesn't become president, the world ends. They're just like if that you... is heavily implied. <laughs> no, they won't let that happen. They'll make the adjustments or whatever. Spill people's coffee. No, or no, no. If we learned anything from what happened with Tipper and Al Gore. We know that they never should have got married and that Al Gore would have been president and then we would have done way better with the environment. You know the current Uh, environment situation in the world is Tipper Gore's fault and I think everyone needs to get on this bus with me right now. No, I'm not going to blame Tipper for that. (laughs) I like like their chemistry up till the very end because I feel like it's like, I don't think we needed to raise the stakes of her like getting married that day. Like it was all like I was like, she would never go with you as the third interaction from her wedding. Like, yeah, I, was that's say, I was like, this is so crazy. Date. Yeah. Fourth date in four years. Paige, may I tell you why Mikey actually loves this movie? Sure. It's 1,000% a movie about a guy who ghosts a girl multiple times and she takes him back once she <laughs> hits it big. That is why Mikey loves this movie. Okay, also, okay. Mikey, hang on one second. I got to finish. Let me finish. Do you guys know how many angels have appeared to me? <laughs> Do tell me to ghost a woman? I'm going to say none. <laughs> At least 15 to 30. 15 to 30? 
my watch is telling me I'm in a loud environment and I should I should be wearing Mikey, earplugs. Mikey, 15 to 30 is worrisome. I really think you should stick to 25 to 40. <laughs> oh, oh, that's the number of women. Also, Mikey, this movie feels like it was written by a 16-year-old that's only been in love once and it's like their first time falling in love. And Mikey, I loved this movie Did so you love it? Much. Did you love it? No. Yes, yes, yes. I know it sounds like I was coming hard at it, and I agree, Paige. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> okay, good. As Specifically, long as we agree. if you're a white man, this movie is great for you. <laughs> it's not great if you're a woman. It's not great. No, I think it's more science fiction than romance. But like, yeah, it, it was enough to like get it in there. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, it better be. <laughs> it was written by Philip. Like the the story was written by yeah, Philip K. Dick. Dick. Yeah, yeah, but. My Mikey, I recognize this movie is pretty shitty to its female lead, right? <laughs> like the whole movie, he's just ghosting this woman at the worst times. Think of how misogynistic the angels are. Yeah, there are no women angels. The only women angels are the ones that have to wear the black mask and do all the dirty work, <laughs> which is even worse. Hell yeah. Okay, I'm kind of here for that. But like, I, that's not what we saw on, on the screen. <laughs> no! The movie, I, I don't... And I, and I am 100% realistic about its flaws. Like, it, like, Emily Blunt's character is charming, but like the whole plot is just... So bonkers. It's like a Mikey movie. She is a kickstand for his career. Like, <laughs> yes. it, it just treats her as like she is. Who cares what she's doing? She is there to just prop up the men around her, which is bonkers. <laughs> She'll become one of the best choreographers in the world or whatever. <laughs> According to the old name, angel. one choreographer, Mikey. I can name some because I love gay stuff, but you <laughs> name a choreographer, Britney Spears. <laughs> That's technically correct. <laughs> yes, she's yeah. never choreographed a production on her own. Janice Jackson, nope, also no. Baz Lerman. Baz Luhrmann is a film director. But they dance in those movies. He doesn't do the dancing. There is a but separate choreographer. But he has to say how to do it because he's the director. So he's No, that's the choreographer's job. <laughs> but if you direct the choreographer, you're like the director of choreography. No. And Mikey, did you know that there is a most famous choreographer in the world and they have done multiple Super Bowls. They're crazy famous. You don't know their name. I, I don't know the name of people who directed any musical or dancing things. That's what I'm saying. It's nonsense to be like, she's going to be the most famous choreographer in the world. Great. She'll get her picture in the newspaper one time. She'll get to hang out with Rihanna sometimes. And then hardly anyone will know about her. Yeah. If I was him, I'd be like, okay, well. Who cares? I'm going to go forward with this. I mean, the best choreographer, she would obviously want to be with me more. I mean, like Paige <laughs> sitting in my house watching hip hop videos, wishing I could do those dances. I'll know about who Paris Goebel is, but like no one else is going to fucking know. I'll be the only straight guy in that conversation yelling about Bob Fosse and the way he changed art. You, hey, Bob Fosse would have been a valid answer. So yes. would have Darren's dance grooves. I don't give a shit. <laughs> so, okay, no, uh, I, I, I admit it has a lot of flaws, but like it, it has a lot of style and it makes, it feels warm. You know what I mean? Hold I on. like it. Hold on. My husband just texted me because he can hear me screaming from the other room. Of course. The most famous choreographer in the world is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> exactly. And you know who he sent? The Adjustment Bureau. 
Oh, man. I don't know how you feel like this movie is warm, Michael. I do not understand. Because it's got like a glowy golden glow the whole movie. It's technically shot through like a blue filter. Yeah. It so is like... a blue <laughs> I don't know. The movie is dumb, but I really, really like it. But Mikey, I am going to shit on this movie the whole time. But I actually enjoyed the shit out of this movie. And I cry a little bit at the end. Yeah. They changed their fate, Paige. Now she's a choreographer <laughs> and a president. She's not a choreographer. She gives up her dreams at the end of this movie. <laughs> but this movie is like if white dudes could write fanfic about what their life could be. Yes. This is what it is. So it's like specifically for white dudes. Yes. It is very much told from the perspective of a straight white man. Rich. You're forgetting rich and rich and who doesn't want to be responsible for any of the decisions that he makes and how they pay off in other people's lives or how other people's lives are impacted and doesn't view other people as having the same level of agency as him. No. Hardcore. They're legit just NPCs in this world. Yes. Which also he was until they broke him out of it and gave him that awareness, right? Yeah. Paige, they literally tell him he has more agency than other people. Which is nonsense. Like, it's a Mikey movie romance. I love it. It's so crazy <laughs> that it, it circles back around to fun. Um, It's not fun. This is not as fun as City of Angels. It is as crazy as City of Angels, yeah. but it's not as fun. Except to get together at the end. I, I hate the end of City. We all, I mean, like, City of Angels. No. I need the end of City of Angels because I need it to be that fucking insane. As <laughs> like, dumb as the end of that movie is. It's perfect. So like, it's so crazy. Why change it? Like, I... here, okay. This movie, first of all, has so many weird, conflicting themes yes. that by the end of the movie, I was like, "What the fuck is this movie trying to say?" Like at all, like other than it's this great. man is important and his wants and whims supersede literally everyone else on earth. Not his wants. The other white people, angels. No, his, his wants. It's they changed for him. His, yeah. And not only that, like the whole like, there is no free will. We control things. I'm like, well, that's a convenient way for no one to have responsibility over their decisions, even though bad shit happens. And then when they try to break it down, they're like, oh, no, no. we World War II wasn't us. Like, <laughs> it was we were on vacation or whatever it was. No, they like, don't get the world building is nonsense, Mikey. It is so crazy. But I love the self-determined, like determinate, like uh, free will versus like predestination or whatever. Like fate. Yeah. Well, see, here's the thing. Fate is one thing if you're going to do it true to fate. Because like Calvinists really do believe that like the world is like this. We're like. Which I get. And, do, and also personally don't believe. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't believe it either. But like having it like visually laid out is bonkers fun to watch as a movie. I did love the FBI from the 60 agents, the angels, quote unquote, in this movie. Their book looked like a bullet journal. Like it, it just yes. looks silly to me. It's like some girl who runs an MLM through Etsy and her laying out her day. Hey, Paige, I have a really quick religious opportunity for you. If you wanna... Honestly, we already decided you're going to do it. Get in the car, bitch. We're getting predetermined. <laughs> Get in the car, bitch. We're getting predestined. I also, I, I also like that the case managers, angels, are like so sick of everybody's shit all the time. And it's which, like, by the way, they don't ever confirm that they're angels. And so for me, 
They're not. This is the New World Order. They're the reptilians. <laughs> By the way, if you believe that, nothing changes about this film. It could very easily be the reptilians. They could, with one simple shot, prove that your theory is correct by just like panning out over New York City and then you see like a ship in the sky like just floating above the city which I would love better because then that means reptilian aliens really were invested in their love life which is such a crazier better concept the existing concept is crazy but it's as crazy as it being reptilians that's not any crazier than what we have but then on top of this movie is 20% story, 80% world building. And at a certain point, I got so fucking tired of every time somebody in a fedora steps aside and is like, see, what you have to understand is 20 minutes of exposition that we're never going to use again because there's not a sequel. And this is not a world that we're going to play in ever again. And it's only to just be like, what do you want to do, Matt Damon? Like, that's it. Paige, you can't ever play in this world again. It's a single player game, clearly. (laughs) It's a single player game. And everyone else is just an NPC. It didn't surprise me when I found out Philip K. Dick wrote this because as much as I love Blade Runner, Blade Runner is heavy on world building and exposition almost to its detriment where like I love it but it is I I can't stand here and be like it's not at times inaccessible to the viewer like (laughs) come on but this movie they meet four times total they're not in love the fact that they try to make it love is so fucking nuts I can't even wrap my brain around it but then on top of that the craziest thing about this movie is act three where at 20 minutes until the end of the movie Like, Black Falcon is just like, here's what you got to understand. You can go through any doors. It's just the hats. It's the magic of the hats. And I'm just like, fuck you. Which is what allows the reptilian theory to work, right? Yes, absolutely. But also, fuck you. That's how the head lizard limits their power. We went into it. Fuck you for making me sit through 90 minutes of a movie and then just being like, turns out it's just hats. What the fuck is wrong with you? And then on top of that, then he teaches him how to do the doors. He's like, you're going to have to memorize all these doors. And he's like, got it. Never mind. I'm just going to make a run for it. I love that, Paige. I like that part too. I love the clearly spending three hours, but we cut it down to a montage learning the doors and then Uh saying right before it's time to go, fuck it. I'm just going to run for the blue one. Well, he beats (laughs) up a lot of angels. Lizards. Lizards. And then he gets through the doors. He like gets to her and he's like, well, I'm going to drag her through a door. The fact that she, her brain doesn't fucking melt the first time they, like when they get out to Yankee Stadium, the fact that she's not just like, what the literal fresh hell is that? Like, the fact that it takes her until she gets to the Statue of Liberty when she's like, hold on, this one's too far. Like, that's crazy. And then we get back and he's like, what if I can change their mind? And I'm like, there is five minutes left in this movie. How dare you try to introduce a whole extra <laughs> plot thing that we have to go through to like try. And then it's just them running through stairs and doors for another five minutes. And at the end, it's just Black Falcon being like, Hey, turns out you were the change we needed to see all along in the world. Todd, picture what everything Paige said, but like a more excited thing, saying the same thing. That's why I like it. (laughs) I know. Mikey. I like it too, but I, I it is completely terrible. This is a terrible yeah, movie. Y'all wanted more angel films. We didn't want any angels, Mikey. <laughs> no one asked for angels. But also, I will ask for lizards. I'll find a lizard romantic comedy. <laughs> more reptilians, please. 
Paige, maybe I should just ask you, uh, Mikey, feel free to chime in. Mm -hmm. Don't you think it would have been more effective to like let them date and then to like slowly change Matt Damon's YouTube algorithm so he gets like way too into Alex Jones and Andrew Tate and she just breaks (laughs) up with him for being a loser? Like that seems like way more easy. He can't be president if he does. Okay, wouldn't this be a better movie if the whole Philip K. Dick Park wasn't in it because they seem to have really good chemistry. If it was just a romantic comedy about a guy running for Senate, falling in love with this kind of like wildflower. Hey, that movie exists. It's called Dave. Uh, like that movie or no, it's the American no. president. Like yeah, th- Dave that is movie even wilder because the real president dies. That's <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, that's right. He's just the double. It's the American president is the one I think where he falls in love with a random lady. Yes. Yeah, that movie exists, and it's a classic. It is. And Annette <laughs> Benning, I think? Yeah, I think so. And this could have been an updated kind of version of that, because they do have really good chemistry, but like they put them in situations that are just fucking bonkers. Like, the first one's <laughs> cute, and the bus thing works to me, yeah. and then like the other one kind of works, and then by by the time you get to the end of the movie, you're like, no one would react no the second he walked into her bathroom she would have maced him yeah they should have dated for like a few months and then them being like look you have fucked up the timeline we have to go back to the future or whatever like like yeah they should have let them have more time but mikey you can't date in a video game so they cut it out they were like no he, he only has time for three dates and then she marries him at the end or whatever yeah just like the good old days <laughs> there's no time There's no extra time in this movie. It is one hour and 45 minutes long and conservatively one hour and 20 minutes of that is just people being like, see, here's how the doors work. And then also we've got these magic hats, but then it turns out. Calm down, Monsters Incorporated. Let's get back to something fun. There's also 20 minutes of people in suits running places. And I think it's important that we don't leave that out. There is a lot of men in suits running in this movie. Mikey, did you say it's adult monsters? Inc. No, I said that. Yeah, it kind of <laughs> is, though. But here's, okay, here's the thing. Look at Monsters, Inc. Do you know how much time it takes them to build that world? Like six minutes. Like, it's so fast. Yeah. And most of it they show, don't tell. You could have shown, not told almost all of this, yeah. except when it gets weirdly complicated. Is literally vulnerable for 30 seconds, and that gets a woman to kiss him, and I feel like that's how life should work. Oh, boo. Mikey, is that not how life works for you specifically? Mm. Like, Mikey, I know what works. (laughs) I'd be like, oh, yeah, like Todd's brother. Wow, (laughs) you use my brother too? (laughs) Yeah, I was like, my brother died in a car accident. And then then I fucked the truck. (laughs) Yeah, they took me to Washington, D.C. I don't know. I was all messed up. (laughs) (laughs) I was so high on exhaust. (laughs) (laughs) I had a head injury. (laughs) I, okay, but I did, though. Like, I did have but a But it was injury. more of a bed injury, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, we're not, we're not holding it against you. Yeah. You have to do more than just, like, one disclosure as you get older. But when you were, like, 19, if you were this vulnerable, yes, it, that shit would have worked. Mikey, can I introduce you to Todd in high school? My brother <laughs> yeah. had just died. Yeah. Good for you. I mean, and you got so much truck off of that. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> Up to your neck and truck nuts. Man, I wish any of that was true. I, I mean, and maybe it could have been, but I was way too awkward and scared around women to do to do anything. It could have been true, but unfortunately, you were in the band. <laughs> yeah, and you weren't a trumpet player. So, yeah. and like they really couldn't relate because they don't drive; they march everywhere. <laughs> 
And honestly, I pretty much only dated drum majors. So <laughs> Did you only date drum majors because you figured they'd be down for a bang? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know why it worked out that way. The only drum major I didn't date was James. You know why? Because somebody made you spill your coffee too late and you couldn't, yeah. you couldn't connect with James like that. You know what? James has a lovely bed and breakfast on the East Coast and you could be running it with him and making scones every weekend, but you're not. Right. I love Paige's version of... Mikey's Christmas tree farm for me. Yeah. Which is like a and b upstate. Like. <laughs> With scones. I love a scone. Oh. I mean, there's a lot of truth to that. And then as he serves the people the scones, he's like, when I went to the UK. <laughs> I knew Paige would hate this movie. But Everyone who's not you and me should hate this movie. I, like, I get if you don't like it. It's so weird. It's just so weird that it's I love it. It's really weird. It's really strange. I think I would like it better if it was goofier and didn't take Take itself so seriously oh, because like i love that it takes itself so seriously <laughs> i mean it's so crazy it is like is... playing with the silliest premise ever and what is essentially a 38 year old white man's masturbatory dream i guess and like <laughs> it's just like taking itself like it's writing the Declaration of Independence. Like it's so serious. Yeah, that's what I hate about it. Is it's like this movie is so important. All of these people are like really famous good actors, I and they know. put yes. them all in this. Yes. Movie. And they're not and bad they, in it. Nobody's no, acting no. bad. The movie's good. filmed well. Emily Blunt is amazing in this movie. She's very charming. She's always been a great actress, but I didn't know she could dance. She, it's a body double. Is it? Okay. Yeah, they they CGI'd her face onto okay, it. I'm sure this why. is a very expensive okay. movie. They spent money to CGI her face on a dancer. Yeah. That is the kind of Mikey, like, that's so self-serious. <laughs> and that is a such a crucial thing, component to a Mikey movie that a movie that where they try to like they're like right. we're gonna do this and we're gonna take it so seriously and then it becomes something so but, weird that then I love it but here's the thing I think about like if we're looking at a movie that took a weird premise and just took it completely seriously and it's an enjoyable watch I think about something like Malignant because people got <laughs> yes. that script and we're like fuck yes I'm in let's do it I, I put Malignant right there with this no absolutely not I would watch Malignant a hundred times before I watch this again. I watch this movie a lot because it is so bonkers. <laughs> because it's like playing a video game. Yeah. Well, and Mikey, for, for your character analog, it's it's a good fun time. For anyone else, it's not. Exactly. And so when I'm looking at this, I'm like, this is why would I even like this? When I rewatched it the last few times. My character analog is the burned out case manager. Honestly, though, <laughs> too much to do. And he messes one thing. I was here for Anthony Mackie. I was like, yeah. he's been through it. Yeah. <laughs> the, Fal the Falcon misses one thing on his job. Like he didn't check his email in time. And they're yeah. like, oh, the whole world's ending and the president's wrong. Now you got to work 12 weeks of overtime. And here comes this other guy, the district <laughs> person coming down. You've screwed yes, this up. A hundred percent to the point at the end where he gave him this hat. I was like, oh, he is like, th this is what happened when you're like, yeah. fuck he's like, this I've job. been doing this too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, I've been doing this shit too long. Go fix your own life. That's yeah, no, what this go social worker just shit. Did. Go. Yeah. Run I through love, the doors. Go. I love at the end when when Matt Damon's like, oh Henry, you're the chancellor or whatever, and he's like, no. 
No. <laughs> He's like, fuck no, I quit. There's actually a really, really fucking upsetting fun fact about that ending scene. Oh, yeah? Where it was, there was an alternate ending that they just cut and they cut it for the stupidest, most fucked up, sexist, and racist reasons. I heard it was because they didn't want to be a part of the Avenger initiative and so they cut out the Samuel L. <laughs> Jackson ending. I get it. Yeah, I mean, that sort of makes sense. <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson walking up and being like, you're too good for this job, man. <laughs> like, you've been protecting this white guy for like... Like ever how about i just give you these wings put down your angel wings and take up metal wings and become take the falcon up falcon wings yes <laughs> what's the ending you gotta tell me the ending they cut uh okay i'll tell you now so originally uh god was a woman they actually cast uh or the chairman i should say uh-huh. as a woman and it was alanis morissette no shahore Agdashlu, who i've seen in a number of things uh she was on like a whole arc of law and order svu for a while but she grew up, she was raised Muslim. She's not necessarily practicing now, but like she's culturally Muslim. And they filmed the entire ending with her as God, basically giving that last section of like, eh, we let you write it. You have free will now. You fought for it, you know, whatever. And it went to screenings and the studio made them cut it because they didn't think that a Muslim should play God. Oh, that's awful. What? what? Jesus Christ. Yeah. See, I really wanted them to get up there and talk to God. I thought that would have been a better ending. I would have been for a hot second was like, <laughs> is it going to be Morgan Freeman? I had the same thought page. I've seen her in a bunch of other stuff. She would have been great. She would have. I'm sure she fucking nailed it. I'm sure she knocked it out of the park. Yeah, I, I recognize her. She's been in a Oh man, stuff. she's on the expanse. Oh, she's perfect. Yeah, she would have been awesome. Yeah, I think she would have been amazing. And and I don't think it would have impacted the movie for me at all no. negatively. I think it would have no. been the net same That's of what we had. It's a super racist thing that it's they did. It's super racist. Especially because not she right. looks way more like Jesus than whatever. I'll cut it. It's fucking stupid. No, Jesus was a person of color. Jesus was a person of color. But also it's like it doesn't even have to be Jesus. These people could also be lizards. Like, it's so vague while also being too specific at the same time. And so, like, who cares? Like, what? So it's just an one more racist, misogynist thing that this movie did on top of basically making this a man's wet dream. When did this come out? Uh, 2011, which I do want to point this out. I made a joke about this earlier. Alanis Morissette was in Dogma as God in Correct. 99. And yeah. 12 years after that, they were afraid to put an Iranian American as yeah. God in this movie. That's crazy to me. It was more because she was culturally Muslim or perceived as Muslim. That's what I mean. Even though she's like, I was raised Muslim, but I don't introduce myself that way. That's I'm exactly like, what I'm getting at. Like, who does that? My name's Michael, the Christian. <laughs> uh, Mormons. Hi. Do you have time <laughs> to talk <laughs> about <laughs> our Lord Jesus Christ in the Book of Mormon? Here's another fun fact. I saw this in theater. <laughs> Thank you. Mikey, I love that for you. And I honestly, if they do a bell court screening of it at midnight, I will go with you and I'll enjoy the shit out it of it. It was back when I like saw like, every film in yeah. theaters. I went through yeah. that phase too. It was called dating someone who worked there. Yeah. So should we get into it? Yeah, and talk maybe about we how... just get this movie so we can go through it scene by scene page. I think this is actually going to be pretty fast because a shocking I do little amount of anything happens in this movie. How dare you, Paige? Where do they sleep? Because he falls asleep, but they don't have bunks in their like big tower. No, but they also hang out of the fucking library. What is it with <laughs> angels and libraries and trench coats? Like, I hate this. 
They don't even have the good sense to be bonkers like Nicolas Cage. Also, in a horror movie, Emily Blunt's character would have murdered you. If a beautiful woman approaches you who's alone, who's snuck into a wedding, she's killing you. Nah, she's just she's just having lady wedding crashers, which I would watch. By herself? She's trying to find just one kidney. She only needs one, Mikey. Stop bogarting your kidneys. Quit keeping your kidneys to yourself. Didn't you ever learn to share? Yeah. It does it, it does suck. They have good chemistry. Yeah, it sucks that they had a great chemistry and there was no real romance in this movie. I felt like they had great chemistry in the first scene, the like the first time we meet them. Yeah. And never again after that point. Well, it's because at that point in her life, she had been ghosted by him at least once. Yeah. Anyway. So this movie starts out with a like 20 minute long montage of Matt Damon's political career. Yeah. Where we find out that he's kind of this like young, hot, bad boy congressman where like he was elected at 24. Oh, God. We and then got in a that. bar fight that night. Yeah. The stuff that this movie was like, this would end their political race has really been. <laughs> when disproven. you find out that he only mooned people, I was like, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, to have a president yeah. that only mooned people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're like, he's too much of a he's too much of a wild card. I'm like, bro, wait till next decade. Yeah. <laughs> if he had won all of the elections that they wanted him to win in their like plan air quotes it's entirely possible that he would have won 2016 we could have had matt damon (laughs) instead of donald trump emily blunt ruined it and brought about trump in january 6 all of that because (laughs) he wanted to be selfish and fall in love hate it (laughs) anyway so as we're watching this montage we see that the new york post exposes this college reunion prank thing that he does where he moons people and he's gonna lose the election one <laughs> it's so crazy that that would make you lose in an election now that's so funny yeah but it's it's portrayed like when when trump did the grab him by the pussy yeah thing and everyone's like this is gonna end like there's no way he wins after this. And then he just still won. But it's positioned like that where it's like it's going to cost him the race because he showed his butt to people. Well, and it does cost him the race. Like It does. Yeah. And not by a little bit. No. By all of it. They're like, you know what? Vote for the other party. Yeah. Who cares about the issues? I care about one thing and it's butts. Like, it's just <laughs> ridiculous. No ass, no class. <laughs> That's what I think about my opposition. Ass. Class war. No one runs for free. Um, (laughs) Then we cut to John Slattery and Anthony Mackie and a handful of other people in what looks like 1940s detective wear. Uh, And they are all standing and they're just like, well, shit. Now I guess we're going to have to adjust the world so he can win. And it's like, this movie is about the reptilian agenda. Like, it fits more <laughs> for the reptilian agenda than Angels. And I just want us all to recognize that. In retrospect, it's more like a QAnon, the love story. Yes. Because <laughs> he's a Democrat, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. At, John Slattery is actually playing George Soros. Uh, yeah. What it doesn't tell you is in that tower, the lizard angels have to eat babies to make the hats it's just a adrenochrome whole... yeah, the, yeah the hats run on adrenochrome to make the yeah. hats <laughs> the hats are all made out of like pure baby skin uh <laughs> and that's what leads to a democratic senator becoming president i've read oh all this God. before <laughs> it's q keeps posting it on those q drops the deep state yeah i actually ran into jfk jr the other day and he told me all of this so jfk jr actually changed his fate and became the chairman yeah as as terminator says no 
no fate but what we make. So, you know. I hate how all of those jokes were so close to what they actually believe and scary. Yeah. But what I really like is when a couple scenes from now when he kind of finds out what's going on. Uh, and they're like, what about Torres 40 years ago? I just want to cut to whatever this universe's version of Alex Jones is. And he's the other guy they revealed themselves to. <laughs> and he's like sitting there trying to tell the world. Yeah, yeah there's lizard angels turning the frogs gay, electing the Democrats. They pause people and change their minds. No, okay, but like that is what Matt Damon's character really would have become if he had had that experience, right? Right. He would have become like the Alex Jones yelling at the, yeah. Well, no, because they were like, if you tell anybody, we're going to like lobotomize you. The idea that he's going to get elected after so many people saw him just run through New York punching people and dragging a woman. <laughs> it didn't happen for the Coney guy. It's not going to happen hey, for this guy. 2016 happened. You can't say this anymore. That's fair, honestly. Yeah. Good Lord. He literally said he could, he literally could shoot, shoot someone, someone on, on Fifth like, Avenue. Yeah, on First he Avenue. Was he was talking about the lizard angels. The fucking <laughs> lizard angels made it possible. Possible. One of those doors just opens into cosmic pizza. <laughs> That's how you get That's in the where basement. They hide the children. Yes! Yeah. You got to have an adrenochrome baby skin hat to get through the doorway into the basement. Of Hold on now. Who else goes by the chairman of the board? Chuck E. Cheese. Frank Sinatra. Donald Trump. Oh, we were way off page. Oh, yeah. Apprentice. <laughs> uh huh. Mm. Follow the money. Halle Burton. Um, it also is making me <laughs> this is just making me think of what we do in the shadows where Nick Kroll and Matt Barry are fighting over a hat made of the skin of witches <laughs> the unlucky hat I love that it's, it's a cursed hat made of the skin of witches in New York City anyway so he's gonna lose so he has to make his concession speech and he's practicing in the bathroom and lo and behold who's been hiding in the bathroom with a bottle of champagne it's Emily Blunt and she's just like, oh, you're going to lose that other guy's a fucking tool. And he's just like, haha, funny you should mention tools. Let's make out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they do. They do. They make out. Uh, and it's honestly, this is for me, this is the one scene where they have chemistry and it's actually very hot. I was like, all right. Okay. No, I mean, they like ooze sex in this because yeah. she's like, you're a fucking liar. Like everything he says, yeah. and he's like, fuck, I love being called out on politics and shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's just a powerful man looking for a dominant woman. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> Heard it so many times before. I'm sure you have. <laughs> <laughs> no. She doesn't uh, dance around making the first move. You know no, she does not, which I think is great. There's nothing wrong with that. No. Ladies, feel free to make the first move. And like, they look hot. Like, he's like dressed in a suit. Yeah. She's in like some hot wedding like attire. Oh, yep. yeah. Yeah. It's a yep. big ass bathroom, though. It's like a huge ass bathroom. Yeah. It reminded me of the bathroom in Liar Liar where he beats the shit out of himself. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, it does sort of look like that. Yeah. Anyway, so we find out she's hiding from security and his campaign manager interrupts them and is just like, yo, you got to make that speech, bro. And she's like, oh, okay. And he walks in on them making out. So he's like, what? What? Her whole speech basically is like, politicians are too much bullshit. We like when you see humans. So you need to yeah. put more of that. Yeah, in be shit. human, more or less. Stop yeah. being one of the lizard, lizard overlords. Evil. Yeah. Be human. Mm -hmm. I noticed that your eyes don't close front to down, and it has me concerned 
about my constituency. Uh, anyway, so at the, in my notes, I just have they kiss. I mean, why the fuck not? He's already losing <laughs> because it would have just been one more scandal. He's single, at least. He's not a, like a married politician. No, but I, I think it was like he was supposed to make a speech and instead he was fucking a girl in the bathroom. Like, that's what it would become. Have you heard of every other president? I mean, when he's like, my dad idolized JFK, I was like, this explains a lot. Yeah, it does. Anyway, she gets, she runs off. He doesn't get her name or number or anything. He makes a speech, but he makes a speech more like what she would have done. He goes off script and he talks about how they've been measuring which tie works best which i do think is a this speech is very very funny about yeah, like yeah. the uh, like perfect amount of scuff on your shoes at this point in the movie i was like i'm on board well yeah we're only like three minutes in so yeah no it's, we're like 15, this is like, like 20 minutes in because this movie is paced by a crazy person <laughs> a really fun exciting nice crazy person <laughs> give me malignant any day page if they would have left the scene in where they met God, it would have kind of matched the third act of Malignant, where like they fight a bunch of angels, run to angel headquarters, run up the stairs, and then meet God. That would be the perfect Mikey movie ending to this film. Only if God had Bacter arms. Yeah, only if God turns around and you're like, this is my brother, the devil! Oh my God! And now God's gonna <laughs> run backwards through the rest of Act 3? <laughs> They're fighting off the devil that is technically just the backer of god that could be in this movie and it's not that far off you know oh man anyway i guess spoiler alert for malignant <laughs> whatever whatever we did an episode on it that's fine for the horror virgin yeah anyway he makes the speech it actually makes him very popular even though he loses i mean by the time he gave the speech he'd already lost it was a concession he'd speech. Already lost. yeah yeah but it makes him like the front runner for that same seat in four years. Right. Or because it's the Senate, it's technically the other seat. Like the guy who beat like him two years, would yeah. still be in that seat, if that makes oh, sense. Oh, no, you're it right. It would It'd just still be staggered. Be four, yeah. yeah. Like, mm -hmm, yeah. Mm -hmm. if you're a government nerd like me, you would already know that, but whatever. It's not important to the movie. The movie doesn't understand that. Yeah. <laughs> because then wouldn't it have been two years, not four? Well, because it's six year terms, right? That's for what Senate. It is. Okay, so, yeah, okay, it's, okay. yeah. That's why. So it's staggered. The lizard killed that guy so he could take the seat come on <laughs> yeah i mean we do see we do see the lizards make like an automobile accident happen just to stop him from finding her again so they've made it clear that they will hurt anybody for this one dude they killed his parents i mean like they admitted halfway through the film that's how you make a batman why are we fighting over this like they had that's to kill true. his that's parents all, i mean that's true no that's true. here's my biggest problem with the reveal that they killed his parents which happens much later is that he's like my brother and he's like yeah that was us we murdered him and made it look like he had died by suicide i think it was an od it was an od but they killed him well yeah 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 <laughs> they but, did it yeah but then he's like, what about my mom? And he's like, no, nah, random chance. And I'm like, so that can still happen? <laughs> like, like, Well, because this guy has to nap or whatever. I think it's just because they're like, well, she was a woman. So Paige, I don't think you're necessarily <laughs> wrong. This movie Thank is you. like very misogynistic, like in its writing and its portrayal of the women and yes. characters of which there is like 
two two uh, yeah. and one is dead uh here's what <laughs> i think though i don't think i don't think it was done maliciously so much as i think it was done completely ignorantly where it was just like what do you mean they're people like i don't think it was like we're gonna write a movie where women aren't people i think it was just like no this is obviously a 12 year old's fever dream of a romantic comedy and someone gave him 30 million dollars I wish they'd given him lizards and a parasitic twin. Anyway, we cut to a a few weeks, it seems, later. He's got a new job. He's starting with, uh, it sounds like a venture capitalist firm. Yeah. I mean, it's actually his buddy's firm that was his campaign manager. Right. Or at least he's also a partner there because they work together. He's also a partner. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And Anthony Mackie is supposed to make sure that coffee gets spilled on him by 7.05, but he falls asleep in a sunbeam like a cat. So it doesn't happen. (laughs) And instead, Matt Damon gets on the bus where he sees Emily Blunt and he's just like, oh, He's like, I remember you. I know what the inside of your mouth tastes like. Which, okay, but like if you had a magical night with somebody and you lived in New York where there are nine million other people, as they say in this movie, and you just like didn't get their full name or phone number or any way to contact them, like you're never going to see them again, right? Like it would be yeah wild that you would ever come across them again well it all depends if god wrote a plan and earlier you were supposed <laughs> to be with that person you would consistently run into them because some of that part of the plan if the lizard angels yeah. deigned it to be <laughs> weirder things coincidences do have well i mean if, whatever your belief system is things that are significantly statistically insignificant probabilities do happen yes there is a chance you could run into somebody that you had a magical moment with on a bus yeah and that would be a really exciting moment and i'm sure it has happened because shit happens all the time yeah yeah because the lizard angels make it happen yeah because king gizzard and the lizard wizard make it happen yeah well i guess i've pissed them off i haven't had one of these moments in a while (laughs) yeah mk ultra is actually just the plan to keep you from happiness it's mikey ultra i don't even play (laughs) mortal Combat. over here we have a plan for your life life yeah <laughs> anyway so they have like a fun little meet cute on the bus anthony mackie chases the bus down and tries to spill the coffee from afar i mean but he does misses he, he but he spills it on her yeah and he gets hit by a car he does like real hard yeah but yeah. he's the falcon he's fine he's the falcon he's fine yeah, yeah well yeah. the falcon's not a super soldier i think we need to talk about this because he was actually <laughs> offered a chance to take the serum and so here's he, the thing i think he should have taken that serum because i i am a strong believer that my captain america needs superpowers he should have been like forced injected which no, i know I mean, here's what I think and here's what I think they were going for is that Steve took the serum because he wanted to do the most good. That was always his motivation. That's what people keep pointing to is like he's the exception because it wasn't about his personal power. It was about doing the doing the right thing. I think Sam is the same kind of person. But I think because of that, he's like, I don't want to let my personal proclivities ruin it. I like I, I want to make sure that I'm doing the right thing and this could influence me in a way that is maybe not healthy. I wanted old man Steve Rogers just to be like, inject him and be like, well, I think this will be better for you. Trust me. I would not have loved the imagery of a white man injecting yeah. a black man with what all has gone on in the US. Todd, they go over that. That's a plot point in the series. I yeah. haven't seen it. Okay. The series, I, I liked the Falcon and Winter Soldier. I just hated the villains. The villains were questionable, but I I rewatched it with my dad when I was home because he hadn't seen it. They meet the original super soldier like pre-Captain America, and it's essentially an analog for like the Tuskegee experiments. Yeah. And that guy was like forced to be injected and then put in prison for years. Like it's a really like sad story, but it's so good. Like 
I actually really liked it as a series. Awesome. I thought it was done very well. And I see I know the principles, but like the reality is like if you're gonna fight other super things, like you're gonna need more than like, you know, some metal wings. That was an unfortunate rhyme, but I do think Mikey still has a point. <laughs> anyway, back to this movie. Sorry. So they have the fun little meet cute. He's like, can I get your number? And she's like, yeah, she gives it to him. He leaves the bus or she leaves the bus. He continues on to the office. He he didn't put it in his phone. Because this is pre-smartphones, Mikey. No, he had a Blackberry, but she puts it in his coffee and breaks it. Exactly. Yeah. So like she destroys his phone. So he can't do that. Because he's got a Blackberry, but nobody else has an iPhone, which is crazy because iPhones were everywhere at this time already. But everyone in this movie has a fucking flip phone and nobody can use GPS on their phones to get anywhere. And it's madness. (laughs) Like, it's crazy. Anyway, he calls his friend at the office. He tells her he found the girl. They're going to talk about solar panels in a meeting. Yeah. He gets to the office and everyone's frozen and they're like adjusting stuff and they're like scanning his brain and he's like, what the fuck? And so he like matrix runs through the entire office. <laughs> and everyone's straight up frozen and everyone's been frozen as he was walking through the office too, right? While the guy from Mad Men like chases him. Yeah. John Slattery chases him. Yeah. Because he caught him fanoodling with the secretary. Uh, no, no, that's Mad uh, Men, not this. I'm sure he fanoodled his lizard secretary. They run into <laughs> a giant empty room that's basically where Batman tests the tumbler in the Nolan Batman movies. Uh-huh. 100%, yes. Uh, and they put him in a chair and they're just like, well, what do we do? And they're like, well, if we just let him go, he'll question this forever. <laughs> like, he'll become like a conspiracy theorist. I mean, he would have become Alex Jones if they had just let him yeah. go at that point. Yeah. Well, they're looking at their journals about it, too, because they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If we let him go, he turns into like a bad person. Look at this. Yeah. And so they're like, well, what if we just tell him what's up? And they're like, worth a shot. Hey, we're lizard angels and we're <laughs> the new world order. Hey, I'm King Gizzard and this is the lizard wizard. And we're yeah. here to talk to you about dinosaur jr is a different thing that's not us <laughs> don't worry about our allegiance with the grays it's a partnership with the galactic conclave of light we'll we'll tell you about it later don't worry about it they just need to mine resources from our buttholes but it won't even hurt anyway, we got a video on it that explains everything don't worry about it that's not what they really say that's basically what they say <laughs> they say something equally as bonkers they're like free will doesn't <laughs> exist we're changing your friend's mind so he invests in solar panels and he's like is that that important? <laughs> you know, it's like... <laughs> and they, like, take her name and number out of his, like, uh, wallet. Oh, yeah, you're not supposed to meet the girl. Because they're not there to break him and her up right now. They're here to change the solar panels thing. And then they're like, oh, wait a minute. Did you meet that girl again? Give me her number. And then they, like, burn it in front of him. Yes. And yeah. That's what pisses him off. So what you're saying, Mikey, is that he only goes after her a third time because he's spiteful towards yeah. the angels. Yeah. I will tell you, if someone tells me not to do something, it's very hard for me to not do the opposite of that. You should really talk about that in therapy. (laughs) Wow. And I guess because you said that, I'll never go. (laughs) Well, there you go. Mikey, you want to grab coffee and talk it out, buddy? (sighs) Don't tell me what to do. Are you a lizard person? (laughs) It's a dangerous way to live life is what I'm saying. I believe in fate. So like whatever happened was meant to happen. I don't have any. I don't have to make any choices. It's great. Think about it. There are people who believe this. <laughs> there, I take no direct responsibility in anything that say or do or happens to me or others. Anyway, I was shocked that nobody tries to Facebook stalk people. They act like there is no social media, but it's 2011. There's plenty. Hey, he says he Googles her later. That's not the same. 
Googling a first name is as useless as Googling shoe and expecting the perfect shoe to come up. When's the last time a politician knew how to use the internet? I mean, that's true. At a certain point where they were like, scandal, I was like, is he supposed to be Anthony Weiner? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> oh, shit. Have y'all watched that documentary? I have. That documentary's fucking wild. Is. There is an Anthony Weiner documentary that, that basically implies that like certain members of high donating Republican super PACs and stuff who were invested in Wall Street essentially like honey potted him. Now, here's the thing. He was also involved with sex workers, but like the case would not have gone forward the way that it had. Like it, it's a fascinating documentary. But also they're like recording a documentary when all of these scandals break. Yes. And, it, and like some of it, he got honey potted. Some of it was on Twitter. Some of yes. it was affairs in person. And you can just yeah. see his wife like very quickly be like, I'm done with this shit. Yeah. I mean, if he wasn't fucking up, the super PACs couldn't have done anything to him, right? That's true. I mean, they would have probably tried to kill him, it sounded like. He wouldn't have been the first. Yeah, I know, I know. There was Matt Damon's <laughs> brother in this movie. But you see, the angels flicked Twitter where his dick would show up in it, and that's what really... They're like, we gotta spill the trouser coffee at 7.05. <laughs> Turn his webcam on. Time for everybody to wake up. Do you want some cream in your trouser coffee? I mean, oh, speaking, speaking of Captain America, that could, speaking of Captain America, that kind of reminds me of the time Chris Evans accidentally posted his dick on Twitter and then used the attention from it to tell people to go vote. So how did it look, Paige? Because I know you saw it. That's America's dick is what I'm saying. <laughs> and he, she's only saying that because it was standing at attention and saluting. No, it was eating cheese fries, but then also <laughs> not reading well. And holding a firework too close. <laughs> it blew off both of its arms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Hang on a second. How did that super serum impact his dick, though? Like, that's what <laughs> yeah, I need yeah, yeah. to know. I'm going to say that I think the super serum proportionally makes you larger. What if it's like steroids? Oh, so it shrinks it all up? <laughs> I mean, that there's photographic evidence. Paige, he's an actor, please. I'm asking a very clear question. I'm not talking about Chris Potter or whatever the fuck that guy's name is. Evans. Evans. There's like 90 Chris's. Who cares? There's like six Chris's and he's one of the only two good ones. Anyway, so like you're asking if actual real life Captain America had teeny tiny balls because of the steroids. No, I'm asking if superhuman actual Captain America yeah. If the serum shrunk his shit because it's like steroids. Maybe. And that's why he never had sex throughout the films. Except that he does an endgame. Does he? He he goes back. We, didn't, we don't see that. What if he dances with her and then she's like, is that a micropeat? No. <laughs> no. He just goes, no, but it doesn't work. I'm 108 <laughs> years old. He doesn't even have a vibrating arm. <laughs> I see that. See that's why you gotta. If you've got the choice, that's why you gotta go Winter Soldier for the for the vibrating oh. arm. I can't believe we have had more than one conversation on our shows about using that arm as a sex toy. We can't be the only people asking the important questions, Paige. <laughs> <laughs> Paige, if you're gonna have a robot arm that could do a lot of stuff, why wouldn't you add that feature? It's like. It's like heated seats. This was my argument the first time we had this conversation, and you told me I was wrong because it would be cold. 
Uh, but I think Mikey has a point that, like, we all know Inspector Gadget had a go-go gadget fleshlight. Like, yeah, it doesn't mean it's not cold, but, you like, he could hold it in a fire because it's vibranium. <laughs> and it wouldn't melt or <laughs> He's anything. He's like, hey, baby, go ahead and set the oven to broil. Oh, it's going to be yeah. a time tonight. <laughs> oh. You don't leave it in for a long time. It, you don't leave it in at all. <laughs> it's, it's vibranium. It conducts heat. Anyway. We can't. We. I know this movie is terrible, but we got to stop this talking about terrible. the sexual implications of super soldier life. Be nicer <laughs> in my movie, or I'm going to bring up Jane Austen. Fuck you. <laughs> anyway, so they just release him back into the office where he apparently forgets that all social media exists and doesn't even bother trying to find her that way. We cut to the library because they're always in the fucking library. And... We cut literally we're only there for like a second just to be like Anthony Mackie's in the library and then we're gone. I don't know what. Anyway, <laughs> we cut to that bar, the barbecue bar, which honestly, that place looks like it fucking slaps. I mean, I love barbecue, so I would definitely check it out. Yeah. I always thought that the bartender had more lines that got cut out because they like really focus on her talking for like five seconds well and then when he comes back the second time she's like your friend was here he left this note for you and i was like it's the same like what yeah anyway so he's trying to figure out her phone number and anthony mackie rolls up and he's like it's not gonna work they're gonna stop the phone from working like she's gonna drop her phone like she's never gonna get the call it doesn't matter and he's like but why (laughs) and he's like we can't talk here but come on the ferry with me and i'll explain so on the ferry he's like so we're lizard angels don't worry about the grays and the butt stuff i'll get to it later just worry about the pizza place and so Mm -hmm. he basically breaks down he's like it's basically we just change how the world is no one has free wills this is where they say like we've been called angel he does like the whole reveal he's like i'll answer your questions here's how we work i do love that when he's like explaining like the whole free will stuff he was like Except for, like, the really atrocious shit. That's on y'all. We had nothing to do with that. I promise. Yeah. When they break it down later, they go into it. But, like, basically, it's, like, small shit we don't get involved in. But, like, to steer the planet because y'all are fucking idiots and always try to self-destruct, we have to control major stuff. So it is basically, like, the lizard people controlling one world government. That's what I'm fucking telling you. Mm -hmm. Because he even says in the scene, like, we monitor the entire world. And I was like, monitor, hey? Like a monitor lizard? Like They're using the birds, Paige. Yeah. They're surveillance drones. The water does upset them. They're not amphibious. They like to lay out on hot rocks Mm -hmm. like lizards. And he's like, I killed your brother. Because he knew too much. He saw me lick my own eye. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever watched the YouTube videos of people claiming celebrities are reptilian? It's one of my favorite things No, but I want to. I will find some and send them to you. Because the ones for George W. Bush are very, very funny. But then there's also a a, he- a heavy contingent of people who think Rihanna is a, a reptile. Okay. I'm not convinced. I don't find the evidence compelling. But it's a lot of people being like, see? And then they're like circling her eyes and stuff. It's crazy. Anyway, so he's like, you know, it's better if you forget about her, basically. Because, like, they're going to stop you from finding her. Yeah. Cut to three years later. He gets on the bus, does all his normal stuff. No, she- he takes him to the, the... He's like, meet me on the ferry. I'll answer all your questions. Yeah, well, that's what we've just been talking about, Mike. We didn't talk about the ferry. We just talked about the bar. I mentioned the ferry. <laughs> I said, come meet me on the fucking ferry. Welcome to the conversation. I don't know. I need you to take a this. I mean, like, you're being really hard on the movie. At least narrate it right. I did. I said, fairy, you weren't listening because apparently you have the ears of a lizard because you're one of them and I can't trust you. You probably shouldn't. 
but not for that reason. Anyway, they've been on this ferry the for like two and a half minutes that we've been talking. Yeah. So we cut to three years later. He does his normal routine. He goes to work. He gets on the bus. She's not on the bus, but he does clearly look for her every time. Like he mm-hmm. glances towards that seat and everything. And as he's on the bus, he sees her walking down the sidewalk. So he has the bus do an emergency stop. He gets out and follows her and he's like, oh my god it's you like it's been three years i've been trying to find you and she's like you had my number you never called and he's just like i lost it i got mugged which is technically true he just got mugged by lizard angels he did this time but he's like (laughs) do you have a boyfriend like take a walk with me like let's let's see if there's still something here and so they kind of like chit chat they go out to lunch or they're about to but the whole time that they're kind of spending time together the like john slattery and a bunch of people are just like we've got to stop them if like call in this person send this person yeah it's like cutting between them like getting a lunch or something with you know scenes of them like we got to break this up how do we do this and whatever they're like converging on the scene of where they are and so everything they kind of send to stop it doesn't work until they send his campaign manager as they're having lunch and his campaign manager is like dude you had an announcement speech there's a bunch of people waiting by the brooklyn bridge which i have no idea how he thought he could cancel that like that's <laughs> i i think the point the point of the movie is that this is so important to him that he would cancel anything. Like, that's what they're trying to say. Yeah. You've never, like, called out of work for a girl. Work, like, sure, but not, like, a televised speech. For M. Bison, that's just a Tuesday. <laughs> no, Mikey, no. Maybe if he was president, he could pull that off. This dude's just running for office. Yeah. He needs those cameras. Yeah, and all those people have been standing there for hours waiting for him. Like, he has to go to that speech. Uh, But he does find out that she's a ballet dancer and she dances at this one particular studio, so he knows where it is. So then... Which should be enough to track her down later, right? Yeah. I mean, like, that's plenty of information to stalk somebody. It it is. But they also do this thing where they're like, oh, no, the rehearsal's been moved to Pier 17. And she's like, oh, that's right there, right by the speech. Like, we could meet up after. And so he goes, he does the speech, and he's like, I got to go meet her right now. And looks across at the pier at one of the buildings and sees john slattery and the other hat guys oh yeah. we forgot um that john slattery was like bullying the other social worker the falcon before he left to do this he's like clean up That's your mess true. five years later very hostile workplace environment well just very like accurate to like helping people professions <laughs> <laughs> mikey you're in management right i i'm not talking about my place oh okay naturally of course mm-hmm. of course yeah just make sure we clarify that yeah yeah this is, this is what this is what people are saying <laughs> Yeah, a lot of people are saying other places. Yeah, yeah. Um, But he sees them in the windows and is like, "Oh no!" So he goes across to Pier Seventeen, and she's not there because she got a text saying it was back at the normal studio. So he's like, "Well, I gotta go find where her studio is and get to her." But the whole time, John Slattery and the other guy keep like cutting him off. They're like not letting him get taxis. He's got uh, apparently no GPS on any of his devices, so he doesn't know where this thing is and can't find it. So he has to like go into a restaurant and he's like, has anyone seen a ballet at Cedar Lake Dance? And they're like, yes. And he's like, where is it? So I can find it. They have all of the landlines are blocked. All the phones are blocked. They seem to have unlimited power. And then when we find out the limits of their power, it's so 
frustratingly stupid. Right. Well, that's just the trap. Well, did we talk about ripples yet or whatever? This is where that comes up. Yeah. Well, he was explained on the ferry, like, we can't change too much because there's, there's too many ripples. We get in trouble by God or whatever. Yeah, you get into that, like, uh, the butterfly effects kind yeah. of stuff, right? Right. Yeah. Well, and during this scene, they're talking about John Slattery has a ripple limit. So, like, there's a limit to what he can change before it starts to make big other changes, which creates kind of a big mess. Yeah. But he ends up accidentally causing a car accident or deliberately, either way, that causes ripples, like yeah. pretty significant ripples. I mean, those two guys are injured. One of them oh, is yeah, like, both of them his head's bleeding and he's like, don't move. Well, and he... the. Like afterwards, the police show up and he ends up being interviewed by essentially a fake cop. Yeah. That's like one of the guys. Yeah. yeah. This is where it says anybody in a hat can be one of them, not just dumb fedoras. Yeah. Oh, God. The hat thing is so dumb to me. Like, that's the dumbest way to explain it. <laughs> it's so frustrating. I'm like, hats? That's the best we could come up with was hats. They should have been like, we only have that power, but I can put that power in this hat for you to wear and have it while you wear the hat. That would have probably made more sense. Maybe, I guess. I'm... Instead of being like, we have to have these hats on to travel. It's so weird. Anyway, so uh, while they're kind of distracted by the car crash that they're going to have to kind of like fix, he grabs a taxi, makes him go through red lights, and he makes it to the ballet company. And they do chase after him because they're like, if he gets there, then there's no going back. If he sees her dance, it's all over. Yeah. He gets there and sees her dance. Now, here's the thing. She does modern dance. And... Modern dance can be great or kind of goofy. It always straddles that line. I dated a modern dancer back in the day. It's fun, right, Mm -hmm. Mikey? She got mad at me often. (laughs) I was going to say, not if you like feet, because it's as bad as retail feet. I I had a couple ballerinas in my sorority and like foot problems were a thing. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, you'd like watch a performance and like she talked about the metaphors and stuff. And I was like, you're wet. Your leg like wiggled real good or whatever. (laughs) It's amazing that relationship didn't last. (laughs) Well, because you don't even like musicals and and dance performances are like an extra level of like. And I was like, I appreciate your seriousness of your art i know you love it right i'm here to support you yeah in this one she does the same move twice in the movie once here and then once later the, in her the leg flick the leg yes flick, like a the fish. wobble leg <laughs> the stinky leg she's like ballet ballet stinky leg and you're just like what uh, i think you mean the best choreographer in the country <laughs> <laughs> oh you mean the patented orgasm leg <laughs> no the scratching a dog's belly dance movie. <laughs> what you didn't know is that she was being a metaphor for a dog in that dance performance it's modern you wouldn't get it yeah that's why we were doing the dance to who let the dogs out <laughs> it's like a cello solo of who let the dogs out <laughs> maybe that's why i like this movie because they it, there's like scenes of him her talking about dancing and you can just tell that one he doesn't care about dance. And two, he's like trying really hard. And he's like, cool. Uh, I love to watch it. It was good. And like my dancing, I don't feel those emotions. And she's like, whatever. We're in love. Mikey, I think the reason I love this movie so much is because you could like edit in all of the real world scenes from Ready Player One into this movie at key points. And it would make as much sense as Ready Player One because he's just playing as Matt Damon's character. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just very much that video game feel. One of my favorite versions of 
characters as video game people in a movie is the first Jumanji where they meet a non-playable character for the first time. Yeah. Oh, I love the Jumanji movies. Love them. When you say the first Jumanji, do you mean with Robin Williams? No, the first reboot. There you go. The the second one was a little bit different, but, but the first Jumanji reboot when, when they meet, oh God, what's his name? Rise Darby. Yeah, because he drops them off. He flies them over there or whatever. Yes. And, and they're like, tell us more information. He's like, I'm going to draw. He just starts the same <laughs> speech over again. That's great. Rise Darby is amazing. So we cut to the office building for the lizard angels. Yeah. John Slattery gets there and they're like, come on upstairs. we got to clean up your mess. And this is where they find out like, yeah, it turns out that like up until just a couple of years ago, they were supposed to be together. So like. Yeah, we had to change the plan because of some other stuff and it got written out of the plan or whatever. Yeah. And he's like. Oh, well, so then he goes and talks to Anthony Mackie and he's just like, well, it wasn't your fault, but like this was kind of a setup. They, I guess, were fated to be together and that's why they keep running into each other. But the plans have changed and so we still have to break them up. Yeah. God's plan version 1.3 had you guys being together. Right. But unfortunately, when you masturbated at 13, God changed the whole plan for you to be alone. (laughs) Does that, wait, okay, I'm sorry. Does that mean that I, like, was supposed to end up with Justin Timberlake and I ruined it? Yeah. Yes. Because you were like, rub, 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 rub. I'm loving it. And he, like, bounced. He was like, no more Timberlake for you. I would have loved if they were like, do you remember when you stole the candy bar from the corner store? That's when we changed the plan where you would never fall in love. You were supposed to marry Malin Ackerman, but unfortunately... But Malin Ackerman would have been enough for me. I wouldn't have to help people. I would just sit at home with Malin Ackerman being happy. I hate that element of this movie so much. The idea that one person serves your happiness to the point where it solves things that should probably be discussed in therapy. I hate that. Wait, what do you mean? Because they present this whole thing of like, you are running for office because you like being around people and in front of people because you're trying to fill the void of the family that you lost. Something that should be discussed in therapy. Yes, absolutely. But if you've got if you've got her, you don't need any of that shit. So you don't run for office because she's enough. I took it like she made him go to therapy. <laughs> that's not what's on film. Paige, you're right. And Mikey, I do think that's a very kind take. But hopefully that is what they meant. Yes. I don't think that's what they meant, given the rest of the film. I think they were like, she fixes him, and that's her only purpose in this film. Well, that is very valid. But I do think some people throw themselves into their work when they're alone. And I'm not going to, like, say it's me specifically. But, I mean, I would work less if I was in love, I think. Sure, but hopefully, it should not be incumbent on the other person to be integral to your happiness. That's not their responsibility. And it's unfair to put all of that on somebody. No, no, no. But like maybe you wouldn't fill that void with more work, which was the part of that speech that I got. I was like, oh, no. Which I I mean, hey, that that may be true. But I also think that like we should maybe uh, examine some of the unhealthy patterns that were contributing to the work part as well. Even if you do find somebody. I mean, I have been very lucky in being able to find partners in my life, but I have ruined a lot of those relationships through just general workaholism. So like, yeah, you can do that and be in a relationship and it's not healthy either way. Yeah. The the fact that the movie equated it to like she solves it. Yeah. And like because of her, 
you're cured air quotes i was like oh no <laughs> like it is like a very shell silverstein like the missing piece kind of moment in the movie yeah where you're like oh so they just fit together but like to me i don't care because this feels like a rom-com version of the matrix and i was here for it a little bit yeah that's a great way to put it <laughs> honestly the matrix is the rom-com version of the matrix and at least in the matrix they have a cool orgy like sex party right more orgies more lizards yes. more symbiotic twins <laughs> the orgy was just the second level of the matrix still controlled by the lizard computer overlords but at least it had lizard computer <laughs> overlords instead of being like, what about trench coats again? Like, make them a full ass lizard. I want fucking Godzilla stomping down the street being like, you guys can't date. <laughs> we haven't seen the Mario movie yet. This could be what it's about. This could be. I mean, it is about a lizard who kidnaps Mario's romantic partner, right? Yeah. Without yeah. her, Mario, you don't need to rescue the kingdom. <laughs> you can get out of the boot and stop hopping. Um, anyway, after he sees her dancing, they kind of go for a walk. They go to a weird rave. And I was like, bro, you're running for office. What are you thinking? <laughs> like, you can't be seen at a rave. What's wrong with you? If you look closely in this scene and at the newspaper, they hand him yes. at like the beginning. This is one of my fun facts. It is yes. very clear that they take the picture they use in that photo four years before this or three years before this. They yep. took that picture that night. And them taking that picture is shown on screen. I was like, yep. what are we doing, guys? This is just like lazy. Yeah. And so, but this is where after they're leaving the rave, we get the conversation where he kind of talks about when his mother and brother died and his father took him to D.C. And kind of what his attachment to running for office is, where it's very much tied to his past trauma. Well, you see, Paige. If you orchestrate the right trauma, you can really shape people up to do what you want to do. That's what this movie says, by <laughs> <Yeah>. the way. <laughs> it's not necessarily untrue either, but it's not like a healthy way to do anything, right? right. I mean, it depends on if you believe in fate or free will. Because like, if you believe in fate, that trauma did happen to shape you to be who you are. Now, part of free will is accepting your trauma as being a part of who you are and like you moving forward from that. But I, I mean, like, but there's like there's huge philosophy differences on someone who believes in predetermination and fate. Right. Or free will. Or so, I, I, you know, I'm more like a Forrest Gump style, which is a kind of a combination. I believe you could be put in you could be given <laughs> opportunities, but you got to like do some shit yourself does that make sense i'm just gonna leave that full pause in there i was like how does he mean that i could hear Paige and i not saying anything but also thinking the exact same thing in that yeah. pause. forrest gump at some point <laughs> in that movie goes on like a little speech about it and you're like oh you should put the jeopardy music in that side <laughs> i felt like that reaction gif of the woman with like the math symbols going over her face <laughs> yeah, just like i was like how does that work but it makes sense yeah yeah. See, I, I subscribe to the shrimp philosophy, and that is there's a ton of ways to make shrimp and just, you know, pick one and, and have that for the night. That's right. Bubba Gump. Hell yeah. What main character left in Forrest Gump would you like to take their philosophy from, Paige? Here's the thing. I have never seen Forrest Gump all the way through in one sitting. I love that for you. I've seen pretty much all of it. In on chunks TBS. at different no, points. I get it. At TBS. Yeah. <laughs> on TBS, yeah. I honestly like to just watch up to the point where he becomes a ping pong champion, and I'm like, that's great, man. He peaked. Uh, yeah. 
that, those scenes are hilarious. I like watching him telling the president he's got to pee. Like, yeah, no, that's <laughs> fine. Uh, anyway, this is where he talks to her about kind of all the things that made him want to run for office, losing his mom, losing his brother, and kind of the trauma that she's been. And then they end up having sex. So much sex. Mm-hmm. We don't see any of that, really. They cut all that out. We just see them kissing while shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> I love shoulder kissing. Yeah. I love shoulder kissing. I like kissing thighs. Uh, anyway, so what's the song? Anyway. No, I, I also like kissing thighs. <laughs> Same. And eating chicken thighs. And eating chicken thighs. So they're like after glowing and Thompson is just like watching them. Yeah. Which is weird and fucked up. He's a freaking perv. Yo, man, if you're going to be like a social work angel thing, you got to watch people and kill them all the time. At least get some enjoyment out of your job. (laughs) (laughs) Gross. Well, the thing is, there isn't a time when an angel or lizard person is on the screen that like the other people in the scene don't see them. So like yeah. they can see he's very yeah, clearly this is not to them. city of angels yeah, like, like he's, he's in their house. Yes. That to me was wild. What do you think happens when you call up the supervisor's supervisor? Like they're coming down to do business. I mean, when Here's the thing. I am a supervisor supervisor. <laughs> and when people call me, I'm like, oh, shit. Really? Yeah, because then you have to go stand yeah. at the foot of their bed after yes. they fucked. And that's awkward for everybody, Paige. <laughs> he had no reason to do it. He just looked at the problem like, this is why I'm working on a Saturday. You two in bed. <laughs> this, is, this does happen to be on Saturdays. It happened to be during Christmas week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you look right at the problem and then you talk shit about it. It really does a really good, like, Middle manager type aspect. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, so she wakes up. He's not standing over their bed anymore, miraculously. He's hiding in a cupboard or something. Uh, And her phone buzzes, and it's her ex who has called four times that morning. Which, if my ex out of nowhere called me four times in the morning, I'd be like, where are you? How'd you get to Mexico? How are you dead? Like, (laughs) what what happened? (laughs) I'd be like... So it's mine. No. <laughs> it has been three Yikes. months, Mikey. The the only thing I could think of for a reason why, because I feel like there would be 12 other people that would get a call before me. Okay. And it must have been like, hey, an airplane crashed into all my friends. Can you pick me up? <laughs> like, what? I have called an ex a few times out of the blue to be like, are you logged into my HBO account? (laughs) (laughs) You missed her a lot, didn't you, Mikey? You were like making up reasons. No. Hey, did I leave some Tostitos over there? They go bad (laughs) after too long. I got on and it was like the continue watching shows. And I was like, I don't watch that show. Oh, so this wasn't you missing her. It was you being petty. You owe me (laughs) (laughs) $4.49.5. No. I just want to know, like, who's on my HBO watching this stuff? Like, I don't watch that. Hey, Paige, that reminds me. Did I ever give you Mikey's HBO login and password? (laughs) No, I've been meaning to go watch just, like, a ton of True Blood, though. I actually, I have HBO, so it doesn't. It's weird. I'm like, I'm like, I don't watch that reality show. You know, HBO goes stuff. I'm just like, that's not, that's not me. Who did this? We got, we got to finish this movie because I haven't eaten since breakfast, except I had popcorn for lunch. I'm not managing adulthood well. <laughs> Sometimes we have our days. Well, you need to pray to your lizard people. 
They always just tell me to lay out on a hot rock. It's because you're with Jake. And when you're with him, you don't need it. It's enough. You don't have to make food. See, Jake is the one that's like, you have to eat and sleep. Anyway, so her ex calls her a bunch of times and she's like, what the fuck is happening? Weird. But she immediately like talks it over with him, which I kind of appreciate that she's like, it was my ex. It's strange. Here's why we broke up. I don't know why he's calling. He's like, I definitely haven't pissed off God or the angels or anyone else who definitely told me directly that I shouldn't be with you. And I did it anyway, because, you know, like, I'm just like real like I just do what I want. Yeah. I mean, there's no way he pulled out. Right. Like they can't not let them be together. If she has his kid. If I think I love someone, why pull out? So many reasons. Oh, my God. I'm so kidding. many. I'm kidding. I knew Mikey would love this movie. I'd be like, God himself told me not to pull out, so I'm going to not do that. God is a lizard, and they lay eggs. You can't trust. <laughs> we, check, we, we don't know. God might be a lizard who lays eggs. The space pope. The space pope is a lizard as well in Futurama, which you would know, Tom. I should watch Futurama, man. I feel like I'd like it. Futurama's really good. Anyway, it turns out they were engaged, uh, but she broke it off because she never felt the way about him that she had felt about Matt Damon, which is bonkers because they'd only met that one time. Yeah. Well, no, they had met twice, right? Because they met in the bathroom and then on the bus. The first one's the speech. Right. Then the bus, then this one. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Prior to this one, she broke up with her boyfriend because she'd never loved anyone like Matt Damon. But at that point in time, she'd only seen Matt Damon twice. And that is crazy, Paige. Like, I'm not discounting that. But, like, if you believe in the magical video game, like, logic of this movie, that means that, like, she clearly doesn't love her ex-fiance. Like, he was the guy she was with until she ran into Matt Damon again, right? Right. And so when he asked her to marry him and she said yes, she eventually realized that that wasn't fair to him. So she broke up with them before Matt Damon came back into her life. Right. Like three months before we find out. Yes. I have a question. Do you believe in like immediate attraction, like butterflies kind of thing? Yes. Because some people think that is a red, like a red flag. Like that means it's activating my issues. Possibly someone in this group may have gone on a date recently. (laughs) Where on the date, the girl turned to him and said, it's good not to feel butterflies because that means it's not like activating my issues. And then then the guy kind of knows that she doesn't really like him that much, kind of. Or is it good? There's a book I want you to read called She's Just Not That Into You. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I took it. And I was like, okay. Did you guys have a second date, Mikey? Not yet. (laughs) No, you're not gonna. I am of the belief that it is neither good nor bad. But because it is neither good nor bad, it should not be the barometer for the relationship. I'm going to tell you right now, she's the best sex he's ever had because a woman who will destroy your cell phone the second time you meet her for no reason at all, (laughs) definitely someone who will have good sex with you. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But what I would say is if you put all of your eggs in the initial attraction basket, that's not a real indicator of who that person is or what that relationship is going to be like long term. But similarly, if you go out with someone and you're like, yeah, there's just not really a spark or chemistry there, maybe you could build one, but maybe not. And do you waste the time? Because maybe it's just not there. But I don't believe in love at first sight. I think that is complete and utter bullshit. No, I mean, I think lust at first sight is a more correct version of that, right? Like, because you don't know someone enough to love them at that point. I think they have 
a combination of lust at first sight and like yes. really compatible witty banter, which is something that's not talked sure. about a lot. Yeah. That's uh-huh. also pretty rare. Yeah. Getting them both. That's like two out of the three. What's the third one? All you need is an emotional connection. There you go. Yeah. And, and, and here's, here's the thing. It's like, like the first time I saw Jake, I was like, yes. I mean, Paige, same. When I first saw Jake. Yeah, for sure. But then at the same time, it was like, well, okay, but like if we don't get along, it doesn't matter. Yes. Oh, no. Yeah, absolutely. But then when like on our first date, we just instantly got along and it was so easy to yeah, talk and we had a great time. Parents. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, he met my parents that day. Uh, like that at that point it's like okay this is more than just that first intro jitters this is like i actually like hanging out with this person yeah especially if it all happens within like the that six two to six like you're like wow this person's really attractive and like wow i feel it yeah and then it's like oh the witty banter is good then you have like an amazing you know like oh my parents killed of an overdose and he took me to dc and they're like and it's like the slot machine Your relationship like, has reached a new level <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean like I am of the belief In this movie they never reach Love ever They have not had enough time Paige please you're only saying that because In the total of their relationship They've been together eight minutes Rude <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think they have collectively 24 hours Between them um, They fully have not I made a joke when I said eight minutes But it has not been 24 hours This is the part of the movie That they should have really expanded When he finds her and they spend yes. the night They should have right. had a lot of conversation Like kind of like more of just a, a few more scenes implying that they like talked all night and really connected and like saying stuff like I've never talked with somebody who got yeah. me is, but you know, shit like, like at least throw it in. So like the third act can be somewhat believable. Yeah. Mikey, I do think what this romantic comedy action movie we watch needs is more <laughs> romance. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I love the movie, but like when he goes to interrupt the wedding and like, she's like, you hurt me more than anyone I know. I'm like, he did. So, like, really nothing you do after that makes any sense of it at all. Yeah. yeah. Well, and think about it this way. Terminator, where they only <laughs> have known each other for two days. You find a way to work in Terminator uh-huh, into uh-huh. every episode, and it's honestly my favorite toxic trait of yours. It's the best sci-fi romance. Fight me. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so we get tons of scenes of them talking, getting to know yeah. each other, doing things together. Making explosives. Making yeah. explosives, ha- like getting pregnant. And like <laughs> that bonkers relationship makes more sense than the one in this movie to me. Yeah, it absolutely does. Yes. At this point, we're so on board. Like, oh, they met for a whole night. They slept together. He got her coffee. They're talking. Like, okay, this will keep going on for a while. They won't just right, skip to her nothing. getting married. Right, right. And I do buy that they, like, given the time together, could be a great couple. Like, they do have all of the indicators of being, like, a great couple. Right. And they have a lot of chemistry together, but they don't have any time together. It could have been an even better third act if, like, of this other dude just didn't exist at all like yeah three years later a year later i'm going after her again she's like where where's she gonna be like, you know, like that sounds no like a horror reason. movie but yeah in this context yeah. it makes sense all yeah. romantic comedies are horror movies i think we've all come to that conclusion <laughs> yeah you're right but like it makes more sense if the if like he gets back with the falcon and is like i'm gonna go after i need to see her again i'm gonna do it no matter what and he's like well fine take my hat or whatever and then he takes her and runs right it makes just as much sense doing that than it is to have her being at her wedding. That just makes it, that puts it over a top in the way that is so bonkers. It's a hat on a hat, yeah. Mikey. Yeah. It is a hat on a hat. It's crazy. I But I also, like, th- this next 
sequence because like essentially we see thompson pull him aside and be like yo what the fuck bro you break up with her i'm gonna break her legs <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is essentially he's like are you familiar with tanya harding yeah she's the second best choreographer <laughs> oh, and that's why she's gonna break her legs it's because that one guy who's friends with mustache was like i'm a secret agent and nobody was like are you are you though Bro, are you though, bro? <laughs> That's like if I every week we record, I'd be like, I'm a secret agent. That's, it'd be equally believable. Exactly. I bet someone online thinks you are already. They're like, um, Mikey like pretends to be right wing, but we all know he's a Marxist communist. Well, you may know me as my <laughs> other name, Q from the Deep State. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's been revealed. Uh, fucking a body pillow bro like that guy in that documentary you mean the actual q that documentary is <laughs> i love documentaries one of my favorites it's yeah. one of my, i was telling uh i was talking to somebody the other day i was like that's what todd mikey and i do when we're not watching movies is we just live tweet documentaries at each <laughs> I other. Mean, we absolutely do the secret <laughs> the big secret of this podcast is that our favorite films are documentaries <laughs> Like I straight up, I've straight up been watching World War II documentaries on Netflix because I've gone through all the new yes. ones. Yes, WW2 in color, Mikey. 100. There's also a really good one called Hitler's Henchman. That I've goes seen it. I have watched of... Hitler's Henchman. Oh, yep. so okay. good. <laughs> I love us so fucking much. There's a new one out about web sleuths, and I haven't decided if I'm going to watch it yet because it's on Hulu. I hate it. And they, they, they're like, yeah. you should watch this, you stupid fucker. And I'm like, Hulu, are you right? <laughs> Hulu's getting very aggressive with its search results. Uh, my favorite was when we all live tweeted that documentary about the guy who slept with Jerry Falwell's wife. <laughs> Giancarlo? Is it Giancarlo? Giancarlo. What's the name of the doc? I forget the name of it. God forbid. The sex scandal that brought down a dynasty. That's what it was. That was a fun one. I love how you referred to our Facebook DM, like group DM messages <laughs> live, live tweeting. tweeting. Just to us. We're the only yeah, audience. We could form a group on Twitter, but it would just be us. <laughs> anyway, so... He's like, I'm not going to hurt you. This is the first time I feel like I'm myself. Like, you know, where I'm never going to leave you because she's just like, you have left me. But yeah. So he goes to do an interview on The Daily Show. Uh, and it is the Jon Stewart era Daily Show. Yeah. Which made me really sad because I was like, man, remember when Daily Show was like. I mean, I, I watched Leslie Stewart. Jones's couple episodes. I'm fucking here for that shit. <laughs> I haven't seen it with her. Is she doing it now? So there's a bunch of temporary hosts that I think they're kind mm. of like testing the waters ah. and she literally shouts at you for like 30 minutes. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm here for this. This is what I need it. I yes. just grew up with that. Yeah. Uh, you know, John Stewart was my first daily show host, you know, so he's my favorite. I, I did love the John Stewart era. I have actually really enjoyed Trevor Noah. It's a very different vibe, but like, I don't hate it. I like the clips. Yeah. Also, my 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 entertainment viewing has changed. I just don't have, I don't do cable anymore. Same. That's the main reason I don't watch it anymore either, but I see a lot of it on YouTube uh, as like clips. Anyway, uh, so he leaves her in the green room and then they send like an adjustment bureau guy to be like, he said that you should go home and then they like lead him. He'll in. call you later. He'll call you later. And then they lead him into the same empty garage that they had before that they didn't have to set dress. And that's probably why they used it. Yeah. But this is where Thompson is like, you don't fucking have free will, motherfucker. We controlled everything until after the Roman Empire. And then we were like, maybe we'll let them try it out. And then we got the Dark Ages. So we popped back in. And then we were like, 
I don't know, 1910, you guys are fine. But then you got all the horrible wars in the Holocaust that we want to conveniently not be responsible for in exactly. the mythology of this film. And mm-hmm. then we step back in. But they said step back in. And I'm like, OK, so a lot of fucked up shit has happened since then, though. <laughs> like even in 2011, that means that they were around for 9-11 and they were like, it's part of the plan. I mean, but well, Pierce yeah. Brosnan made it through that blue door. He just ran right for <laughs> he it. He just ran Robert right through. Robert Peterson had to die. <laughs> That's what Thomas Crown Affair is about. That's why that painting with the oh, hat and the apple. My. God. Well, Follow the money, Halliburton. Halliburton. Okay, I'm not a personal <laughs> person who believes in fate because like, you would have to be like, well, it's God's plan. That, like, but people get pissed off at this all the time, right? Like your miscarriage was God's plan or uh, 9-11 is God's plan. Like I don't prescribe to that kind of religion my, personally where like, you know, we hurt, we make choices to hurt each other every day and also bad things happen randomly and like how you respond to it really defines you know, people and how you treat each other. But like, yeah, they, they do the classic like bureaucracy thing. Like they like blamed it on like the upper management. Like, yeah, we saw the world war two and the Holocaust, but like we couldn't do anything. No, no authorization for management, but I'd love to get involved, but the boys in corporate like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's wild. Um, but what boggled my mind is they were like Holocaust, not us. Nine 11, us all the way, bro. <laughs> I mean, listen, those are both terrible things. They're not equal. I'm right. not saying they're equal. 100%. <laughs> right. I'm just yeah. saying, I thought it was very funny that they were like, we didn't do the bad stuff, except for the other bad stuff. Except for the really horrible shit that's happened recently. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, what about everything bad after 1945? And they're like, yeah, well, we yeah. had to like, you can't make a God's plan without breaking a few hundred million eggs. <laughs> it's like... Take out 9-11. Take out any of any number of the other genocides that have occurred since 1945. Yeah. And like, think about this. You're you're thinking too macro. They basically kill all of Matt Damon's family to get him to run into politics. I know. And they admit it, too. And that's just one person. And that's how important the playable character in this video game (laughs) is, Mikey. Good Lord. You mean Emily Blunt? (laughs) <laughs> this is also where he's like he presents the idea of like you can't be with her because she's a loose cannon and it rubs off on you and you can't be that way if you're going to be the president but also it just fucks up your life you never get to where your potential is which is a real when you get into potential murky doesn't anthony mackie come back and say that this guy's lying later. to him okay yeah that's after this it's when he convinces him to go back to her okay. that he tells him he's lying but he basically says like Hey, if you stay with her, it kills her dreams also. And he's like, but you can still make her show. So he gets to her show. Yeah. And Thompson follows him to the show. And he's like, she's about to be one of the most famous dancers in the country. And I'm like, for fucking what? Like, what <laughs> is Beyonce going to hire her for her next tour? Like, what are, you, what are you talking about? I was like, oh, is she going to be a judge on So You Think You Can Dance? Yeah. like If you don't marry her, <laughs> she becomes one of the most famous dancers in the country because you actually fuck her when you're president while you're married to someone else (laughs) it's a huge scandal (laughs) yeah if you leave her now we'll never get jojo siwa i don't think you understand (laughs) it's so bonkers it's so great and they're like we tried to reason with you and then they make her fall and sprain her ankle during her dance yeah But she's essentially dancing on the top of what looks like a ping pong table. 
Yes. Like that stage looked very wobbly. Oh, uh, you don't understand the metaphor, okay? <laughs> oh, did I miss the metaphor? No, there's no metaphor. I've been on many a jacked stage like that shit. Same. I can't tell you how many times where like I've been I showed up somewhere to Rose Battle and I was like, you knew how fat I was before I got here. Like, come on now. <laughs> I once like, played a show at a venue that was on the third floor of a large building and it was mm-hmm. hot. And the window was open at the back of the stage and the drum riser, like it was like shaking. And like, I was hundred percent sure I was falling out that window. Oh, was it like at window, window height? No, the window was a little bit below me. So like at, <laughs> oh, okay. at any point I slipped <laughs> off that stage, I was dead. Oh my God. Anyway, they go to the hospital, which also, again, even if we're counting this as a separate date, this is date number four and he's in the hospital with her. I don't think we should count the hospital as a date, Paige. I mean, what if he brings her flowers? Especially because he bails. Well, I think this is him being like, I have to leave her so she can, it is. you know, choreograph for Beyonce or something. And <laughs> I love how you're like subtly just shitting on the if dancing If she doesn't choreograph for Beyonce, we'll never save the planet. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just like, realistically, as a choreographer, what jobs are you? Maybe a Broadway show, maybe a TV show. But like, that's what I was thinking, because they were in New York. I was like, oh, yeah. she'll, she'll work on Broadway and be like a Fosse kind of famous, you know? That's the brilliant part about this kind of logic is that like if she doesn't choreograph that Broadway play, it never inspires the doctor that saves the country 100 years from now. And you're like, oh, my gosh. What? What are you, a Benny Jesuit? Like that is so like way into the future. Like, no. If she doesn't choreograph Hamilton, <laughs> like, it's just- I just don't think they plan out that far in advance. Like. The counselor's bullet journal doesn't like go that far into the future. No, uh, because it has to be in manageable chunks so that you don't get overwhelmed and you actually accomplish your goals. You want to break your goals out into both quarterly and yearly and then also lifetime goals because you should be feeling accomplished all the time and making progress to the you that you want to be. I feel like you were in my kitchen a month ago. (laughs) Well, I don't feel like they get smart goals. Like, they really kind of get fucked by their upper management on this one. Oh, the angels? I thought you <laughs> yeah. meant girls didn't make smart uh, goals. Same, same. That's what I thought you meant, too. I was like, oh, God. No, 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 no. Smart goals, the, uh, the, it's like achievable time. What's the S stand for? What are you trying to spell? Smart. It's an acronym for like good goals. You said there's like there's like each letter represents a good thing about the goal. Like they have to be like achievable in a timely manner and uh, measurable is the M. Oh, got it. Wait, there's no M in the word goals. <laughs> smart. It's the word smart. Oh, smart. You said it was the word goals, and I <laughs> no, was no, no, like, no, no, what no. M? <laughs> smart goals. And it's like okay, the, every letter of this. I went to some management trainings. It doesn't matter. But the angels don't get any of that. <laughs> no, they they don't have a great employee development program. No, they are not Six Sigma. No, they're not Six Sigma. And they're not working with a project management software. They don't have Asana at their fingertips where they can <laughs> designate tasks, subtasks, milestones and make them part of a portfolio. They're not working in Red Booth. That's the one we use. You use right. <laughs> they don't yeah. have Monday.com, guys. Uh, <laughs> These are jokes for people who work in SAS. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Oh, my God. I love it. So he also says, like, because this is where he punches him in the waiting room. Because uh, he's leaving her and he's like, this is what you do. Like, we give you opportunities and you squander them. Like, it's a sprain. 
So he like goes in there and he's like, sprain? Cool. So you're going to dance on it again? Bye. Yeah. Oh, no, he punches Poof. him though right here. Right? No, he does. Yeah, yeah she mentioned I just that. said he punched okay. him. Okay. Let's just collectively blame Todd. Yep. That feels true to what we normally do. Uh-huh. There you go. <laughs> you should put it in your bullet <laughs> journal. Sell some essential oils about it. I feel terrible like I'm coming down on bullet journals. I think they're very cool. They just do not work for my personal brain. <laughs> They're cool for who? No, some people really get into it. Yeah, some people really do, Mikey. They do. Those are the type of the people who are like, oh, teacher, you didn't collect the homework. Uh, it's in my journal, bullet journal. And I'm like... <laughs> I'm the person sitting behind that person being like, thank God they wrote it down. Fuck. <laughs> like, I was like, what homework? Mikey grew up in the <laughs> South. The only bullet journal he knows is his kill list. Oh. Bullet bourbon. <laughs> oh, bullet bourbon, my bad. That's what it was. Yeah, he definitely finds her after the x-ray and is like, remember when I said I was never going to leave you again? About that. He doesn't even tell her. He's just like, so you're good? I'm going to make some calls and then just... Yeah, if I was her, I would be like, yeah, he's running for office. He's going to step out of the hallway and make some calls. That makes sense. Right. But he just never comes back, never speaks to her. Yeah. Uh, well, that until... You know, she's about to be unavailable and then he decides to ruin her life again. Yeah, because he only wants her when she's unavailable. Exactly, he only wants her Paige. when there's obstacles in his way yes. because he's chasing her and they're chasing him. But who's <laughs> chasing them? The other ones chase them too, I think. I think I really understand why Mikey loves this movie so much. Like, I, I feel like Matt Damon's character makes a lot of the same choices Mikey does in his life. I punch people when there's a problem. Yeah, I can tell by your response to that that you have not heard anything Paige said in the last two minutes. And I know you never will because you don't listen to the you podcast. You won't listen. Anyway, John Slattery <laughs> and Anthony Mackie are like chilling. And he's like, hey, don't feel bad about this. Like Thompson handled it. I know. Like, don't let it get to you. And he's like, yeah, because his family, which implies that they killed his family. <laughs> yeah. He's felt bad about it this whole time, which is probably his motivation for doing what he does next. I got that too, Paige. No joke. Yeah. Anthony Mackie's motivation in this movie makes sense where he's just like, they killed your family and they're trying to keep you from the woman you love. Man, fuck this job. Go run through the doors. Like that makes sense. He's like for 1550 an hour. (laughs) (laughs) I murdered so many people. I mean, he is the only likable main character and I'm not including Emily Blunt's character because even though she is a quote main character, she's in 10 minutes of the movie. She might as well be a cardboard cutout in this film where they just (laughs) drag her through the whole time. (laughs) Yeah. And her leg just shakes. (laughs) If you want to see a good Emily Blunt movie, watch quiet place not this edge of tomorrow oh edge of tomorrow is really good i do like edge of tomorrow i do love emily but but i I like matt damon's friend in this his campaign manager guy yeah me too i like him in everything he's in though he's Mm -hmm. great he's usually playing some sort of campaign manager yeah he's playing this type of thing but he's usually like disgruntled but like this one he's like really happy the whole time which i was like good for you guy yeah this guy's in the jack ryan show on prime yeah he is in that too Mm -hmm. Mm, i'm just waiting for them to bring back jack reacher with them shirts that don't fit i don't think it's nice to make fun of a guy who can't afford shirts that fit him (laughs) (laughs) he was falsely imprisoned Paige. wasn't that him and then that was him and then every time he walks into a scene he's just like uncomfortable and he's like that's not gonna fit (laughs) i'm just like why are we (laughs) concentrating on his clothes so much (laughs) 
Because they have to justify why he looks like 80 pounds of meat poured into a 30-pound shirt. My favorite part of that show is that they never stop being like, Fuck that God, guy's huge. huge. <laughs> <laughs> He's so fucking big. And by the end of the end of the season, that deputy's like, yeah, he really is. Well, and they have sex in a shower, and I'm like, not a fucking chance. If he's six foot seven, there's not a shower in the world. Time. Yeah. Yeah, there's not a shower in the world. Uh, the shower there's from 365 shower. The shower from 365. <laughs> but that guy is also tall. Uh, Michele Morone is also tall. So, like, maybe. I hate that you know the actor's full name. How can I not? I he's dating a Kardashian you. now. Oh. <laughs> All of this is terrible. Or was. I feel like the lizard people have not been doing their jobs properly. I am the lizard people of the podcast because I go back in and edit <laughs> it this madness into make sense. <laughs> Good luck. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we cut to 11 months later uh, where he's campaigning and he's just like Blandy McBlanderson. He's got no joy in it. And he's 16 points ahead. Well, he's a politician, so you have to be like really boring to like, you know. Maybe it's because lizards don't have no medulla oblongata. <laughs> That's why they're always ornery. Anytime someone references anything God. from Waterboy, all I hear is when the professor gets hit in the head with a golden football and he goes, yep. I like Vicky Valentine and I like her boobies too. <laughs> she showed me her boobies, I like them too. Anyway, we cut to Emily Blunt looking at her marriage license and we cut to that bar that Matt Damon's been to and this is where the bartender's like, Anthony Mackie left you this and he's like, what? So he goes to meet him at a warehouse and this is, I shit you not, 25 minutes from the end of the film yeah. and He's like, come with me. Look, he lied to you. She's getting married. Do whatever the fuck you want. Let's learn these maps. Also, by the way, it's hats. Nobody killed your mom. That was just unlucky. But your dad and your brother, we killed them. We killed them. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Not we. I killed them. I killed them. That's crazy. Because I am secretly the Winter Soldier. <laughs> I'm here to make amends. Yes, we have to wear the hats because the chairman is Dr. Seuss. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So he's like, is she happy? And he's like, I've got to try and get her back. And he's like, I mean, there's no way that could happen. They'll stop you. And he's like, show me how to use the doors. And he's like, all right. So <laughs> yeah, he's like, fuck it. I quit. <laughs> I just have in all caps in my notes. So now we do this question works. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, you got to turn it clockwise. And then you got to have the hat. And I was like, fuck this movie. <laughs> what you got to do is click your heels together and say there's no place like home. Yeah, there's no place like doors. And so <laughs> they go through like the MoMA, which I think these scenes are more just so they can be like, look how many places in New York let us film. <laughs> that 100% is what it is. It's like, look at how good we are with green screening things now in 2011. Yeah. Right. I did like some of the effects. It's like, oh, look, it does look yeah. good. When that lady like looks around and it's like a rainy alleyway, she's like, what the fuck? I love that he just leaves one open at one yeah. point. Yeah, that's the one. Good luck with that, Ripple Thompson. <laughs> Thompson. Uh, so he like, he's like, you got to learn the doors. So like, okay. And he's like quizzing him. Like, what door? This door, that door. And he's like, what if I just ran through the blue door? And he's like, they're going to come out. Like, bro, you need, I'm laying out a plan for you. And he's like, so it's if it's all hats, what if I just like take somebody's hat? It's going to take him a bit and he won't be able to follow me, right? And he's just like, I mean, I guess. And he's like, good thinking on your feet because like we don't improvise. And he's just like, aha, yes, and. What if he was like, 
what if my Glock, what if I just shoot him in the face and they knock his hat off? I'm like, yeah. man, that's why you guys are so good. <laughs> I would have loved if the end of this movie turned into Matt Damon just like murdering dudes throughout New York City. I mean, this is kind of Escape from New York, but with lizard people. <laughs> Snake Pliskin, please. Snake Pliskin, please. So she's dancing, but she's not happy. Right. She just needs to be on the floor, Paige. She just needs to be on the floor. got to be on the floor. I'm sorry. I respect dancing or whatever. I just like, I'm so far removed from that that like, I'm sorry that I just can't get it. And I, I know that's dumb. What I needed was I need her to be like, I just need to be on the floor and then cut to a three minute long footloose level dance cutaway. Like when like they pull the water thing and like it was yes. all over. Like yeah. That's flash dance. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Ha- Like have you seen Hot Rod? <laughs> yes. Oh my God. And he <laughs> like falls that's... out of the wood cutting building and like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Yes. Or just a three minute long pole dance. Okay, now I'm interested. Talk to me more about this. Uh-huh. Interpret this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, you wouldn't get it, Paige. It's modern. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The pole's a metaphor for being tied to fate. Okay. I want a sketch of a guy coming home from a strip club and like trying to play off the strip club as like modern art. That's what I want. You wouldn't get it, hon. It's modern dance. You see, Todd, she's tied to the fate of one Matt David, but to the lizard people's plan. So she always circles around it. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a metaphor for desire. And every time he comes into her life and leaves, it, he like takes a piece of her, which is why she takes her clothing off every time right. in stages. Yeah. We put money on the stage because we're patrons of the <laughs> yeah, arts. Uh-huh. Well, no, yes. I mean, clearly, the making it rain, I mean, it's happening right now in the movie. It's raining as he's running through it. Those right. artists don't get paid. They are performing. We have to tip this them. This is their passion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, if there were no customers, they'd still be here doing this. Yeah. I don't think that's true. <laughs> no, that is what Cinnamon told me, and I believe her. Well, Cinnamon works the day shift for a reason. Because she's the best rib cook they have, Paige. <laughs> if a strip club had rib, if somebody has like a good, and I mean good barbecue strip club, I am in. For the record, I hate strip clubs. I I feel so uncomfortable there. Do you want a private dance? No, I no. want another rack of ribs. <laughs> Keep your rack under wraps. That's on the list of things I don't want to eat around beautiful women. You know, like <laughs> ribs, wings. Mikey, I hate to tell you this. None of them like you anyway. They're I work. know, but like if I pay for a lap dance and then they get off me and there's I've transferred barbecue sauce off my shirt onto their body. That's, how I feel bad. That's hilarious. <laughs> it's actually they, they like get it off your face by like rubbing their like is this Carolina style <laughs> <laughs> oh it burns my snatch okay we gotta move uh, on. this is a very weird wet nap <laughs> we got <laughs> gotta move on gentlemen remember to sign up for your wet nap dances after rib night coming to the stage burnt ends <laughs> I hate this barbecue themed strip club so much <laughs> give it up for brisket <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's the morning that she's getting married. Being early is the same as being late because yeah. then they'll catch you or whatever. Yeah. So he is like, cool. I'm just going to run through the blue door. They Completely disregarding the entire. He's like, I knew you would because the whole fate thing. Right. <laughs> and I, I can read your whole decision tree, which like even when they explain it makes no sense. And I love it even more because of you that. You know what makes more sense than this movie? Wanted. And that 
is an insult. I love Wanted so much. Yeah, but the third act of Wanted is like the loom tells us who to kill. That comes from the comic book. It does. Yeah, this comes from Philip K. Dick's novel. Doesn't matter, both bad. By the way, a scanner darkly minority report. Like he generated so much better IP than this. Yeah. Or did he, Mikey? No, he did not. This is the <laughs> This is the pinnacle of dick achievement. Uh-huh. Oh <laughs> so she's in the ladies' room and he's like, You're not marrying that guy. And she's like, Um, you have ghosted me multiple times and hurt me very badly. Please leave. And then she's like, Wait, why are they chasing you? I just realized their meet cute is her in the men's room, and then yep. their last yep. meet is him yep. in the women's room. I get it's it. all part of the plan. I get it. Yeah. Well done. But if you're seeing this movie from her perspective, this dude who's ghosted her three times showed up in her bathroom. And then when a guy with a like jaunty fedora came in, he punched him. I would be freaking out if I was her. Yeah. I will say this. Sometimes you go somebody three times and you, you get another chance. It happens. <laughs> <laughs> Mikey, has that ever happened to you? I won't confirm or deny. That's a bad plan. That's that's someone who is not respecting themselves and yeah. not not looking inward to see that they deserve more than that. I'm the kind yeah. of person that like, if you want to be with me in the first place, there's something wrong with you in my mind. So like, if you want to take me back, ugh, Paige, I've <laughs> changed. Oh, wow. No. <laughs> Even if you have, I don't need to find out. My brother was killed by a truck. It works, Mikey. It works. <laughs> anyway, uh, she agrees to go with him through a door. And this is where they go through, like, Yankee Stadium, the Statue of Liberty. And she's just like... Like a bunch of places, right? She runs so good in heels. Yes. Multiple times in this movie. Well, she's a dancer, um, right? Yeah. That's true. So he... At one point when they get to the Statue of Liberty, she's like, what the fuck is going on? He's like, look. This is like our fourth door. Are you just now getting it? It's like Rick and Morty. Try and keep up. Keep up. It's like Portal. The cake is a lie. (laughs) (laughs) I love that game. And he's like, so somebody's controlling us. You can either come with me. I don't know what's going to happen. Or we can go our separate ways. And you're going to be a famous dancer. And I'm going to be president. Don't worry about it. It's going to happen. And she's just like, I'll go with you. Fucking why? What? She's like crying too. She's like so happy or whatever. I was like, oh man, this is like, what happened to your life that's making you make this decision, Emily Blunt? Yeah. Well, that guy might be awful. And she might be like, I don't know what this is, but like, I want it out of that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think she loves the choreographer boyfriend or fiance. Choreographer. Yeah. Also, if I get taken through three portals, I'm going to keep going. But what if one of them turns you into the fly? See, the problem I have with Monsters Incorporated is like, what if I can't find the door home? And then am I like in a sliders situation? Okay. Counterpoint, I want to be in a slider situation. <laughs> I do think the three of us and John Reese Davies of course. should do a sliders remake. I I just want if I could have a genie, one of my wishes would be like, I need to take Paige and Todd with me and John Reese Davis. We gotta go to sliders. Bring Jake for Paige, but like everybody else. No, sh- There'll be different versions of Jake in each portal. Oh, I'm here for that. And every time we have to make Jake <laughs> and Paige fall in love. Well, sometimes they're e- they'll be like evil version of Jake, and we're like, you can't be loving this one. <laughs> you two be like, we had we we had to leave our significant others because of a slider situation. How this happen? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> it's the Outlander paradox. Now you get to fuck everyone you want. That's true. That's true. 
Or you can still fuck. It's like a different person with the same body. I mean, that's not the same. I Like the mind is the more important part. Anyway, so like, uh, anyways, so there's 10 minutes left in this movie. And you like, come with me or don't. And she doesn't be like, you left me at a hospital. Bye. Yeah. Like instead she goes with him. They run through that office building. Everyone chases them. They get to the roof. They're trapped on the roof because they basically have like changed the doors or whatever. And they basically are surrounded. They think that they're going to just reset them so their brains are blank. Yeah. So they kiss and then they kind of part and everyone's gone. And Anthony Mackie shows up and he's just like, turns out God thinks you guys sexy as hell. Bye. <laughs> like, I do like that he shows in God's bullet journal. Right. And like it shows their two dots just going off into un like written. Yeah, space, uncharted madness. Which I thought, yeah. like, I mean, within the like metaphor of the movie, like I really dug that visual because that is <laughs> sure. like what you would see if you once you beat the final bad in the video game you're playing, right? Like that's like the cutscene of victory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and because it was 2011, I just kept waiting for it to chime in with like feel the rain on your skin. No one else can do. <laughs> The like unwritten song. Anyway, but so Thompson has a boss. It's the chairman. The chairman decides to let them stay together. Yeah. And then they have this really weird speech where they're like, everyone's met the chairman. They don't know when it happens, but this is a test. It's all a test. You only deserve free will if you're willing to fight for it. It's so crazy. Like, It rambles and it makes next to no sense. Just wraps it up in a nice bow. It very much is a, we really didn't do a good job with the end of the movie, but we're going to keep talking and like saying things in like an agreeing type tone. So you like nod along with us and feel like you're a part of this and you enjoy the experience. But like the whole time you're like, what the fuck are you saying? But you're only nodding because you're like, wait what how can you fight if they're telling me i can't do that yeah you only have free will if you fight for it mikey but like if you don't have free will you cannot choose to fight for it and and if they don't reveal themselves you don't even know that you can fight for it exactly it is a sisyphean task anyway he gives him his hat back and and that's that's the movie movie. so having seen the movie having talked about the movie what'd you guys think about the adjustment bureau perfect i prefer monsters inc this is like monsters inc and the matrix had a baby and i'm sort of here for it but i understand like if you're not specifically a white man why you do not like this movie or like love video games because it very much feels like you're watching a video game yeah i want you to love it because this isn't just a movie this is a movie that they spent millions of dollars oh, we're gonna true. get to that mikey i can't wait to tell you some stuff yeah and they hired expensive actors mm-hmm. and they like really went hard on on this script and this plot and it just turns into this bonkers journey that you love to go down every other year or so. I yeah. watched this movie a couple times and I'm just like, this movie cheers me up because it's so stupidly fun. I think I'm just going to stick to watching Malignant instead. I do sort of like the the Mad Men like FBI visuals they have for the lizard people. Mm-hmm. I, I, so there are like some aesthetic things I dig. I think the effects super hold up with like the green screen as they're like running through the doors and stuff that super holds up. 
But like, if you don't like video game movies, you're not gonna like it. I don't know what to tell you. I, I mean, like, there's nothing for me in this. Exactly. Movie, basically. Yeah. Like zero. There is nothing for me to. It's not like they competently made a movie, air quotes. But like, there's nothing drawing me to this ever. Yeah, it does feel like a like love letter from one white bro to another white bro. Like it yeah, feels uh-huh. very much like that. But. <laughs> sort of fun and wild it's so weird like the script to this is wild to me i i don't know what the original short story is about i suspect it's not about this no it it it, i mean i don't know that it has the love story in it but it's called the adjustment team do you want to get into fun facts because i'm sure that's one of your fun facts Mm -hmm. well hit us with your fun facts lizard people fun Fun facts oh i just mean it's definitely not the adjustment team in a romantic comedy yeah i don't think so well this is also not a comedy by any stretch and it's barely a romance like i know it's listed as sci-fi romance and you were like no no no, it's definitely a romance and i'm gonna say to you it's a sci-fi movie it's as much a romance as like angus sure but like that's not a high bar yeah anyway in his speech at the 2011 white house correspondence dinner sitting president at the time barack obama responded to a comment from Matt Damon, who had said that he was disappointed in Obama's performance. Uh, He responded by saying, well, Matt, I just saw the Adjustment Bureau and... uh, Oh, no. I love that. That's a good joke. He was always great at the White House Correspondence Dinners. Yeah, he was. So the number that Emily Blunt gives to him in the movie, 212-664-7665, up until October of 2022 was owned by Universal Studios and has appeared in other films distributed by the company, uh, Definitely Maybe, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, and Munich, uh, to avoid having it be a 555 number. And up until October 1st of 2022, if you called it, it would ring indefinitely. No one picks up, but it does ring. Um, But as of October, it is out of service. Oh, bummer. That's cool, though. Yeah. According to Emily Blunt, while they were filming at the Statue of Liberty, they had to stop filming multiple times because they would get interrupted by tourists yelling out Matt Damon in the imitation (laughs) of the (laughs) puppet from Team Team America World Police. I love it. Matt Damon. That's amazing. Um, the names of the three main characters of the Adjustment Bureau, the ones that we spend times with, time with, are Thompson, Richardson, and Harry. It's a play on the phrase Tom, Dick, and Harry, yeah. which would suggest anonymous people. Um, one of the production companies for this film is Electric Shepherd Productions. Uh, it's so named for the novel Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, which is the novel that Blade Runner is based on. Yeah. Um, and it's because Philip K. Dick also wrote this story. So that's his production company. Emily Blunt's dancing scenes were completed using a body double. Uh, the dancer, Acacia Shakti of the Cedar Lake Company. So she was from the company where they filmed. Oh, cool. And then they digitally placed Emily Blunt's face on her body. They did a really good job with that because it looks good. Yeah, it's pretty seamless. Yeah. Outside the bar, there's writing on the wall that says 24 hours in a day, 24 beers in a case. Coincidence? I think not. Which is a pretty sad but also funny quote uh, that's been attributed to Paul Newman, but it's unclear if he was the first one to ever say it. There was a fourth (laughs) main character Adjustment Bureau character called Henderson, uh, who gets cut out of the film completely. He was played by Daniel Day Kim. Uh, They're cutting out all the people of color? Yeah. My boy from Lost. Yeah, he uh, apparently his role was he worked with Richardson which was John Slattery and would be like, 
oh, do you need help doing whatever? And he was kind of like this sarcastic guy. But the scenes and the character get cut entirely from the film. So much so that sometimes it's a two shot of John Slattery like talking to somebody and they just like cut it so that you only see him. But you do see Daniel Day Kim in like one or two scenes. He just doesn't get a name. It's really crazy. Oh, so you still see him on screen, but he just doesn't have any speaking lines? Well, you they kind of like you'll see like an arm or something or he was like because he filmed the whole thing. But then there's another like sidekick that Richardson has for a while. That's like somebody else that doesn't get a name. And so they kind of chopped it up a little bit weird. Fair enough. Um, This movie has, I would say, bordering on a record number of people who went on to be in superhero movies. Obviously, Anthony Mackie and John Slattery. um, John Slattery being Iron Man's dad. Yeah. uh, In Endgame. But also, Matt Damon had a cameo in Thor. Well, it's they listed as Thor Ragnarok. It's actually, I believe, Thor Love and Thunder, where they have new Asgard and they how they like play it's both he plays the actor in both the films that play in both him. films that's uh-huh. really funny i do love those scenes it's so funny it's very because funny. the one that loki is dressed up as their dad they're watching matt damon and brad pitt i think yes yeah. yes yeah but also michael kelly and terrence stamp were both in dc films um for the superman series or tangential superman films um So you already mentioned that the picture that they use for his expose is the one from the rave, which I think is kind of lazy, but funny. Yeah, it is funny. When they run to the roof and the doors shut so that it's all stairs, where at one point they run down the stairs and out a door and back downstairs um, or back upstairs, I should say. Yeah, that was nicknamed around the set. The M.C. Escher shot. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense because it is very much like an M.C. Escher drawing. Yeah. Yep. And as I mentioned earlier, the female chairman was scrapped for racist, sexist reasons. And those are your fun facts. Well, thank you for those fun facts, Paige. Let's talk a little bit about box office. So this movie came out in 2011. What do you think the production budget for the Adjustment Bureau was? 60 mil. Okay, Mikey, what do you think? I'm, I'm going to say 45. You're both on either side of it, sort of. I think Mikey's technically a little bit closer. It's $50.2 million. Dang. <laughs> now, if you adjust for inflation, though, Paige, that comes out to $65.3 million. So pretty much exactly what you said, right? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so this movie premiered on March 4th. 2011 it was number two the weekend it came out it was beat by rango number two was obviously obviously the adjustment bureau number three was beastly number four was hall pass and number five was nomeo and juliet beastly is terrible we're gonna have to do beastly at some point god i heard it's terrible it's so bad is it based on like beauty and the beast yes yeah it's like a it's like a flipped Beauty and the Beast with Alex Pettifer, if I remember correctly. Can't wait till you pick that. Uh, so I'm not gonna. Okay. Well, what do you think this movie made in its opening weekend? And again, it was second at the box office. Twelve million. Okay. I'm gonna say fifteen. You guys are both a little low. It actually made twenty one million dollars its opening what? weekend. Yeah. This okay. this was I do I remember this that this bombed. was no, this was actually surprisingly popular. I remember people being into it at the time. Yeah. Uh, I my mom made me watch this movie because she liked it so much. Like it was it was getting around, right? I didn't see it until yeah. it was out of theaters though. Um, okay. It was in 
theaters for a total of 12 weeks. Um, so it was pretty much beginning of May, sorry, beginning of March through end of May is when it was in theaters of 2011. What do you think it brought in domestically during that run? I'm going to say 40. Okay. Mikey, what do you think? 45. All right. It actually brought in $62.4 million domestically. It brought in another $64.4 million for a total of of $126.9 million. And if you adjust Mm. that for inflation, that is $165.1 million. It made quite a bit of money. It also went on to make another $18.3 million in the home market. This made plenty of money. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. But that is your box office. So do you guys still think they're together? Yeah, because the plan pretty much showed it 80 years from now. So like, yeah. Do you think if Matt Damon ever fucks up, he's like, hey, Henry, can you do me a solid? And like, so here's. Here's what they don't talk about. If the plan says they have to be together, they have to be together. The plan doesn't say they have to be together. Yes. It says that they can write their own story. No, it says he changed the plan. It says, yes. I've changed the plan where you guys are together. You changed your own story. No, no, no. He says, I've changed the plan so that you can write your own story. It does not guarantee they're together, which is why I think that he expected her to quit dancing and be his first lady. And she's just like, I'm not about that life. I'm going to go teach the next Jojo Siwa. And they break up. I don't think so because they're already like, she's going to teach six-year-olds if you stay together. So she's like, going to go teach six-year-olds. Yeah. But I also think that they were lying to him. They do adjustments so they can't break up anymore because they are very vengeful people. Yeah. God is pretty petty. I've read the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. So what are we watching next? Yeah. So this week, Mikey, you made us watch the Adjustment Bureau. I guess it's my turn, right? It is your turn. I picked a movie that I thought we honestly had done and then a listener asked me why we hadn't done it. And I was like, oh, shit, we should do that. And that is Crazy Stupid Love. Oh. Which, Mikey, you'll be happy to hear I've seen. Yes. I've seen it as well. I've seen it. So, yeah, your homework for next week is to try not to fall in love with Ryan Gosling in this movie and then listen back to that episode on Crazy Stupid Love. I'm more of a drive Ryan Gosling kind of gal. Dude, honestly, drive Ryan Gosling is the hottest of Ryan Gosling's. (sighs) It was on TV the other day, and I was like, oof, I forgot. Yeah, when he puts that big, weird plastic head on, I'm like, yo, that's my fetish. Oh, are you in a different <laughs> shit page? My bad. My bad. Maybe that's just my weird stuff coming out um, yeah. <laughs> for this bit. But yeah, so that's your homework. Watch Crazy Stupid Love and possibly Drive just to get your you know rocks off. Watch Drive. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? I forgot about that. Well, while you're looking one up, let me tell them how they can have their review what on the podcast, and that is to leave us a five-star text review, and we'll have Mikey read it for you. So, Mikey, whose review are you going to read this week? I'm going to read Star Fox 583115788832's review. Let's just call him Star Fox. Whatever you want to do. No, no, no. I need all the digits, including leading zeros. Thank you. <laughs> uh, this review is entitled, Read Me Mikey, Best Movie Podcast. <laughs> I think it's probably, uh, Read Me Mikey. <laughs> oh, he says some nice stuff. Uh, Paige. Wait, can you say it like the frog from Star Fox? Everyone out there, find yourself a friend like Mikey that you can just throw a stupid, insane premise at, and they will yes and you. Well, I mean, I remember the the (laughs) noise. He was always, I'm in trouble. They're on my six. Yep. (laughs) I'm like, fucking the toad, man. I would have cut him from this team already. (laughs) 
<laughs> he was the only other pilot, man. No, the, there was like a wolf and like a rabbit as no, well. No, I mean, yeah, there were four pilots on the whole planet. Yeah, but only one kept getting attacked in the levels, and it was the damn toad. I'm <laughs> just saying it's slim pickings for Star. Anyway, let's move on. I've been like, we're gonna do the mission where you go, you go first. Well, it all depends on Toad's level of competency at the time. And his... <laughs> we have to move on. Because he's objectively the dumbest species out of all those <laughs> Just species. Just read the goddamn review, Mikey. Okay. All right. So it says, Paige <laughs> brings high-value podcasting skills, comedian, and film analysis. Mikey, relatable everyman with an extraordinary job and subsequent life experience. Subsequent. Woo. Life experience. Yeah. Only He's only ever read that. Read that. <laughs> like, who uses subsequent on like the fucking No one day uses subsequent because that's not a word. <laughs> Todd. Yes. Likeable host and facilitator slash producer. Facilitator is a word I don't use on my business card, but I probably should. Bonus points for being an Exmo and musician. <laughs> that's the first time I've ever gotten points for doing anything about Mormonism, whether I was in it or out of it. <laughs> makes podcasting look easy five star <laughs> that's honestly thank you so much that's very kind uh star fox and just because Paige is a completionist star fox five eight three one one three seven eight eight three two thank you so much for that awesome five star review and if you want to have mikey read your review leave us a five star review so um yeah guys if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast make sure to check out our other podcast the horror virgin and that is the only other podcast that mikey and i are on but Paige gets around and she is on two other podcasts Black Card Rehab and Cult Podcast. So guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. On yes. Instagram. And we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn it's, it. It's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character oh. limit and it's show, S-H-O, like Showtime. So guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, pages at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok, except for Twitter, where she is at Paige Wesley. Mikey is at M Randolph 24, and I am at Todd J Awesome everywhere. And guys, we got a P.O. box. So if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a P.O. box, it's actually not a P.O. box. It's like a regular street address. It's pretty awesome. It's 6688 Nolensville Road, number 108-34, Brentwood, Tennessee, 37027. So send us some stuff. Yeah. That's going to be it for us, you guys, on Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm Todd. And you complete us. I'm the main character. <laughs> That's what this movie is, Paige. I'm going to adjust you. <laughs> what are you, a chiropractor? That's a threat. <laughs> <laughs> Emily Blunt didn't have a choice, Paige. I know. I don't like it. <laughs> Bye. This movie's insane, nerds. Technically, no one had a choice. <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs>